All right. So, uh, what's up, Evan? What's up, man? How you doing? Pretty good. I'm, uh, I'm a... So, Kanye West had a new kid. <laughs> and, uh... I, I love how pressing record suddenly makes everything different. We were just so easily having a conversation, and now it's like, all right, man, like, be funny. Like, well, no, I was having okay, a so season conversation. For all, you, for all you listeners out there that uh, are not uh, able to see us behind the microphone, um, I well, I gestured to Ben to start off the podcast because he is the host. And I thought sure. he'd be like, hey, everybody, this is Benjamin Carlson uh, coming at you live from Benjamin Carlson Studios in my apartment sure, yeah, well, to buy two bedroom the, apartment <laughs> but yes, uh, yeah. yeah but um that's all right um so we're both sitting here enjoying our cups of coffee on a sunday morning this is yes, very relaxing uh, a, a almost vital cup of coffee as i did not have any caffeine yesterday mm-hmm. and now that i work a you know regular job i drink coffee uncontrollably frequently so I uh, have to have coffee on the weekends, or I will have a uh, withdrawal headache. So this is this this coffee will really get me through my day, even though I'm not doing much today. Dude, I know I, I feel the exact same way. Where I'm, uh, I've actually moved on to French press coffee, and I um, wait moved I, on like you transcended. Y- yes, I've, trans- I've transcended instant drip coffee. Um, like well, first I just did I did the K cups, and then I bought a regular Mister Coffee, which I think if you just like pouring it through, excuse me, like just doing it the very like the traditional way, it's actually stronger. And then it got to the point where I think I was just drinking coffee just because I like the taste of it, and it really wouldn't do anything for me unless I was not uh, unless I had an empty stomach. And now mm-hmm. if you have French press coffee, I mean it's it's different i mean it, it tastes differently it's like it's like oily and uh just and it's like way way stronger i mean i got like you know where you get that caffeine high and you just feel kind of crazy yes yeah yes. and that, i get that almost like every time now when i drink this i always think about that because um when you're drinking coffee i mean just it, to anything with a lot of caffeine in it you're you know doing a drug technically right you're altering your your mental state and mm-hmm. i love how accepted that is at work like i can be yeah. i i am noticeably different when i've had a lot of caffeine i mean other people notice it and also i notice it i'm not talking about yeah. just having like a, my daily eight ounce cup i'm talking about like when i've had two or three cups and i'm like wired and yeah. i'm kind of going and vibrating inside my own skull that is totally acceptable. And if somebody sees that, it's like, oh, this like, he's totally jacked on caffeine right now. Like, he must be trying to be productive. Good for him. And mm-hmm. uh, I, that's totally accepted in our society. And uh, like, I would like to imagine a scenario where maybe that's not the case. Because, for instance, Mormons don't accept uh, or don't allow Mormons, I guess the, the, the rules or whatever, say don't drink ca- uh, caffeine. So they don't drink coffee. And... The, we're not founded on a Mormon society. We're founded on a Christian society that says mm. that caffeine uh, is definitely fine. They don't care. And alcohol is also fine, just not like during the day, basically. It's kind of like a little less. But it's nobody's going to uh, get mad at you if they find out that you drink alcohol in, on the weekends, right? But the same society looks at something like marijuana and says, no, it's terrible. And it's like you are almost a, you are a bad person. In fact, our our own uh, uh, attorney general Jeff Sessions 
literally said in 2017, he said, good people don't smoke marijuana and makes the argument that it's unethical to smoke marijuana. And I, as much as I love living in a society that says caffeine is like wholly good because I think it is useful and it's something that I like a lot, uh, it's interesting that the same society just arbitrarily labels marijuana as wholly bad. And I know that not everybody agrees with it, but functionally and, uh, you know, just f for all intents and purposes, it is bad. That's, I think um, it's almost, it's, it's kind of weird, but it's almost like on a level, it's it's worse the more fun it gets, which is kind of, <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's really weird because, I mean, coffee, worst case scenario, you just, you kind of, you say stupid stuff and you're like kind of all wired and you're, you're yeah. like a little bit uh, more on edge and there's really nothing too bad that comes out of that. Um, but I think marijuana is just heavily misunderstood by a lot of yeah. people. And, and that's that's why it's just, uh, uh, I guess people are so, um, uh, it's so polarized, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it seems like, uh, like Joe Rogan has a fantastic joke about that. He's saying that like, the people that are trying to outlaw marijuana are the people that need marijuana the most. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. Because <laughs> they I just agree. need to experience that shit and be like, hey, calm down. Right. Um, it, it, seriously. And it, it's actually one of the things that kind of uh, I think is a little bit, I don't know about if I'd say it's troubling, but it's just uh, you almost look at it from a perspective. It's like you just have to wait for all the people who look at it that way to kind of age out. And, uh, you know, yeah. younger people who have experienced it and potentially just be like, nah, it's chill. Uh, that's when the society will potentially change on that. And uh, because, yeah, it can be abused. There are people who I would say have had their life ruined by marijuana. And those are the same. Well, those aren't the same people, but there are also people who have had their life ruined by too many video games. And people that's who have had their life ruined by buying too many parts for their car that they're building. You know, like they... I'm sorry, good. No, I mean, it just, it's anything, right? We're people. We can, like, ex to excess is a problem, no matter what kind of excess it is. You have yeah. To you have moderation. That's, you actually finished the, the bit. It's saying, you were saying that, like, um, you know, if marijuana didn't do your brother in, it would have been cheeseburgers or video games. Like, it's, this, exactly. it's, it's the same shit. Um, if you're not, yeah, if you're, if you're going to be gluttonous about something, it's, it's probably going to come back to bite you. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it is, it, I don't know, I, I've, like, I've never been, you know, a habitual marijuana smoker or whatever, so it's like, I, I don't, I don't know, but it does seem to make, I don't know, do you think that it, it would turn somebody lazy who's otherwise not lazy? Do you think it potentially could? Yeah, oh, definitely. It, it, um, there's no, there's no doubt about that, but it's, because it, it, especially if someone who is, like, never experienced it and then suddenly has an opportunity to do it a lot which is why i think it's it's going to be an interesting culture change when a lot of places continue well a lot of places continue to legalize but as it stands a lot of people already do smoke marijuana just they just do it illegally secretly right mm -hmm. so I, I i'm interested to see what would happen well I, I obviously don't live in a state where it's legal but in states where it is becoming legal uh, how that changes the demographic for people that are habitual marijuana users. Will there be people who are like, oh, it's legal, now I'm going to do it all the time, or will they just continue to not do it because it's like, I didn't do it before and I don't feel the need to do it now. Uh, well, I guess we're, I, I want to kind of slide back a little bit more 
towards the things that society deems as appropriate because it I, I, it can extend beyond just our substances that we consider uh, acceptable, right? Because Japan, in Japanese culture, they're chill with having a nap in the afternoon. That's like a part of the day. And that's, oh, that's a lot of that's a lot of European countries as well, right? Yeah. And dude, that's awesome. <laughs> Have you ever worked during the afternoon? It's the worst part of the day. It's by far the worst part of the day. And there's even there's even research that proves that like uh npr did a study that basically said if you're gonna have surgery have it in the morning because if you get it at 2 p.m there's a higher chance it's not gonna be a guarantee that they're gonna screw it up but there's a higher chance that they'll screw it up because people are better at critical thinking and uh like job performance in the morning people are like sharper generally there are night owls and stuff but generally the morning is when shit gets done and then you kind of Past noon, there's like a trough where your mood and your like ability to critically think and analyze kind of drop, and then you go up a little bit, kind of plateau towards the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I would almost think it would be more useful for me to just be able to conk out for about an hour in the afternoon and then return to work and finish stronger than if I'm just like dragging through my you know one and two like one to two thirty just. I don't know. It's but I, I it's it's a little bit frustrating because my society says no napping during that time is a fireable offense. But in Japan, they're like the nap away. Like here's a blanket. <laughs> it's, I, I've and I've, yeah, I've totally experienced that, and I, I I believe that that's definitely true. Or I've like two. I mean, that was a that was, that was the whole marketing campaign behind five hour energy, right? Was that like two o'clock feeling or whatever? Yeah, or the yeah. two or three o'clock feeling? Yeah, because that's that's totally what happens. Everyone just like. Especially if you eat bad foods and you're eating pasta at lunch, and then mm-hmm. you, and then you just feel like so tired and you're out of it. Yeah, and then by three o'clock you're just absolutely done for. Um, I mean that's that's my I literally drink coffee at that time of day every day because otherwise I'm just like Ugh, it's much worse. If you eat if you eat like really good that's that is where in my opinion the like eating really good foods and low carbs is is super beneficial. But mm-hmm. um, not to uh, get away from the point too much. Um, from what I understand, though, because I have a my uh, my boss actually, he did um, he was in the military for a long time before getting out, and he uh, worked in uh, a number of different European countries, and where they did that, they they did nap in the middle of the day, and he said it was the worst because really? they because they work all day, so they they go in the, they go into them in the morning and then they. Uh, you know, they'd, they'd work, and then they'd have lunch, and then they would nap for like an hour and a half, and then they'd come back, and then they'd work into the evening. Mm. And then you'd go home, and then you'd do it all over again. And so when you're actually working, there's just really no time for, you don't have free time. Yeah. It's just working all day. And uh, it might be a more comfortable work day, but you're, the amount of time you just have to yourself is significantly less. Right. I would definitely rather power through and then go home and have time for other stuff than nap during the day. Yeah, and I can only imagine <laughs> Japan is the same way because that's, I mean, Japan is known for their insane work culture anyway. So I, sure. I'm sure it's the same way. And, and and I guess that's maybe while I'm complaining about American culture, I might as well also uh, praise American culture when we do value kind of the work-life balance where you're supposed to be a person outside of work as opposed uh-huh. to your work being your life. I mean, plenty of people make work their life and that's their choice or, you know, that's 
that is their choice, right? That's not always the case. You are expected, we have vacation days and all that stuff to, to kind of keep you sane and make it so that you can do something outside of your work. Although I do want to, uh, my experience with working with, I guess, like Japanese culture and napping was I worked at a automotive manufacturing plant in uh, Piedmont, South Carolina, mm-hmm. which is, you know, in the middle of fucking nowhere, South Carolina, but it's a, it was actually Toyota. Like the company yeah. <laughs> is underneath Toyota with a D. And yeah. it's, yeah, Toyota is the automotive manufacturing, like sister company to Toyota. So Toyota makes cars, Toyota makes machines that make cars. Uh, and like, and also car parts. But they like also have their own line of machines that make uh-huh. parts for cars. So, anyways. So working there, and there was like a two-week period where there were some big boss-type guys who flew in from Japan to mm-hmm. do some stuff at our plant. And, I mean, they were – so they were very important people and basically yep. outranked, I'll say, everybody at our uh, uh, at our, at our plant. Like they were above mm-hmm. the pay grade of even the plant manager who was in charge of everybody at the plant. And I'm just a, I'm just an intern, right? So I'm not doing anything yeah. important. And a lot of times I'm just at my desk all day, even if there's some other shit going at going on at the plant. And I, every day I'd see this guy, that like this big boss man that uh, was in charge of everything. Like I'd be sitting there at my computer typing away, and I look over, and he's clearly asleep out in the open. And I'm like, this guy is wow. napping at work. Are you shitting me? I would love to also nap right now, but this guy is like clearly napping at work. And I I like. I, I, like low case to like Snapchat him and yeah. like L O L like like this guy's like clearly, you know, R I P yeah. and I draw like the little Z's above his head. But yeah. Now that I think about it, it's the i I it has to be the reason why it was uh, acceptable is he's you know, probably used to doing that at that part of the day. Because yeah. he was he was definitely the most important person there, uh, on that day. And he was just brazenly sleeping out in the open and uh Nobody seemed to didn't seem to bother anybody. It doesn't seem to translate well though, because if he's sleeping at like two and then wakes up at three, and then an hour later everyone's going home, it doesn't really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's. Um, I'm not gonna put my seal of approval on the way they did business mm-hmm. over there. I I'm very thankful for the, the opportunity that you gave me, but um, the. the I'll just leave it at that. It was yeah. <laughs> a lot of stuff was going on at that automotive manufacturing plant, but uh-huh. um, I just it was interesting to kind of mesh the culture cultures there. And uh, but I think you've kind of I think I'm glad we had this conversation. I think you've kind of weaned me off of it. I'd much rather power through the workday and go home and be able to do other stuff than mm-hmm. uh, make the workday my whole day and not be able to it, and include a nap. You know? Yeah. Because Absolutely. naps are cool, but I'll just. I'll just get a little bit. Of, I'll go to bed a little earlier if I'm really that tired. Mm-hmm. So, well, another another thing that I've been making a part of my workday basically is getting that exercise in because uh, it's not a secret that when you work a sedentary job, like uh, is it sedentary? Right, that's the word. Not yeah. Sed- I was gonna say sedimentary, sedimentary I think. but I'm. Yeah, but I'm not a uh, you know I'm not a piece of I'm not a mineral. I'm <laughs> I am just sitting all day. I'm sedentary, right? And I'm so I'm living the sedentary lifestyle by sitting at a desk all day, which 
on its own is basically a death sentence, right? Because you're a human, you're supposed to be moving around. If you just sit there all day, every day, you're going to get uh, fat. You know, if you're not burning those calories. as uh, So exercising has been a really important part of, you know, it's become a more important part of my life because it's not something that I really get organically anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, Yeah, that's something I've, I've been feeling that so much recently. I uh, Especially because I, I think you've been working out consistently enough at this point where you feel a sort of withdrawal sensation when you don't do it. Yeah. Is that, yeah. Um, it's, I mean, your body wants to move, man. And I've, I don't know what it, what it, what it's been specifically, but I've been just feeling that whenever I'm sitting there in a chair for eight hours, it, it's just terrible for me. And I, and I know, and I, and I feel really good. I mean, not only physically, but mentally, like I'm, I'm taking care of my body right now. I'm giving it this, this thing that it wants. And as, as soon as I leave work and I have my bag with me and I go straight to the gym because it, I mean, even at work I'll do like, uh, just stretches and like movements just to get my body working. And, uh, it's, it's so necessary and it's insane how many people don't want or don't do that. Oh yeah, but um, no, it, I, wasn't there some study? I think it was like a New York Times, New York Times article about. I don't know. It was one of the, the prominent um, uh, newspapers that that uh, did like a huge study saying that um, sitting down for eight hours a day could be almost as bad as smoking or something like that. I guess. I mean, a lot of things could be I mean, as like, bad as smoking, right? That's like, like I mean, I guess getting that, that's shot kind of could be as bad yeah. as smoking two million cigarettes at once. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I guess it's just like a. That's just a enticing an analogy to make. Like, if you could actually spin that, that would be like a good headline. I need yeah. to look it up. But I mean, I, I just just off the cuff though, it, I sort of believe it. If you were a smoker who was active every day versus a guy that didn't smoke who just sat on his ass all day. Yeah. Then I mean I could I could definitely see how that would be sort of a legitimate argument. Yeah, no, and I, but but I as much as I, I do want to uh put like an asterisk on like it's a death sentence to be sitting down because it's also totally awesome to be able to sit down for your job all day because I used to work at the mall where mm-hmm. I'd be standing for about eight hours straight or up to as much as, you know, 11, 12, 13 hours straight when things were like Christmas time and you had to do stuff a lot. And uh, not only does that is that tiring, it hurts your feet, your – and a lot of times it's standing, not even walking either too. You know, you're just really – you're standing at the register or you're – there's no customers and you're just standing there doing nothing. It's exhausting and uh, like being tired is – is its own problem but additionally you get off work you know at 7 30 you get off work and your friends who don't work at the mall are like hey we're going out tonight do you want to go with us and you're just too tired and even if you do go out it's you have a worse experience because you're standing in line at a bar and you're like oh god i just need to sit down or you're in Uh the bar and you're like i can't dance i'm my legs are shot so you're not even working anymore but work is still preventing you from having fun and I mean, maybe that, like I might sound like uh, I'm a little bit like, a baby by complaining about this, but honestly, I think that it's it's troubling. It's something that uh, when you get that job at the mall, you have to take into consideration. It's like this is going to extend beyond my work hours because I'm going to be so tired. Even if you want to do something like 
be on a sports team or work out. You're going to, if your work requires you to exert yourself physically, you're going to. It's going to be. Uh, there's going to be drawbacks. While you do, you don't have like that same death sentence that you're assigned from sitting all day. I'd say sitting all day is preferable. You can go get that exercise after. You just got to be disciplined. Yeah, and I, I wonder what the medium is there. Like, who has the perfect job now? But I think also a big problem in this lies with the with the perception that um, these jobs that require you to sit eight hours a day or whatever. I mean, maybe some kind of business. You know, like so the what's the, the the stereotypical successful job? Like maybe you're some uh, accountant for J.P. Morgan in the city or something like that, and you wear a suit to work and you're sitting at a desk all day or you're in meetings all day, and that's kind of that's considered the you know the the smart person, the intellectual, the the successful person job, and that's what ev- everyone should aspire to do. Um, but like that doesn't. I think I think many people would be more fulfilled. Not only, and um, I'm, I guess I'm kind of dipping into like what you'd be, how you'd be fulfilled, uh, like personality-wise, um, but also just physically. If you did, like, I don't know, being like a park ranger or something. I mean, doing something physical, physically demanding, as well as something that would, you know, fit your personality type. And I don't know what that job might be. I think. Um, I don't know. Or maybe we've just evolved too much as a society to the point where, like, you just, there's just no need for that anymore. I don't know. And we're, we're just so far along that there's really no option but to just exercise and do it recreationally instead of because you, you well, have to. I don't well, know. I don't know where the I don't know. Lies. There's different things that I guess are fulfilling to different people, right? Uh, because I, my first job really was I was a carpenter's assistant for a summer with uh my, my dad's friend was this carpenter and he said like I didn't have a job the summer before college and he was like I'll pay really you cool, if you like follow me around and just help me with my stuff like I didn't have any like formal training but you don't need a whole lot of training to like hammer shit and like hold wood while it gets cut and all that other stuff but it was exhausting work it was out in the blazing sun but there were definitely like there was a certain satisfaction you got from a hard day's work. You were exhausted, and maybe that made you less inclined to do stuff after. But uh, I got a you know a decent workout. I got definitely got my vitamin D in, and uh, you know it was, it was it was fulfilling. So I, I think that maybe there's not there's definitely not one job that would make everybody happy, right? You know, different people are into different things, uh, and there's costs and benefits uh, to everything. But I think for the most part, if you're going to be working like a normal job, quote unquote normal job, it's gonna you're gonna need to get out there and hit the gym, or at least find another way to get that exercise in, because just most jobs aren't going to need you to be moving all that much. Mm-hmm. Certainly not in an office. Yeah, I think the carpenter thing is is an excellent medium, though. I mean, you're you're creating art more or less. I mean, furniture. I think that's a it's i mean i guess well, it's not like and, and technically art yeah and i guess carpenter maybe like more he was a little bit more contractor i would say because like the things we worked on are projects so it's like the big one we did was building a deck that summer mm-hmm. and that was all made of wood and mm-hmm. that's that's what we worked on but it, as far as 
I, I, actually, I guess you could say art, too, because at the end of it, you, you aren't making, like, an ugly deck. You are trying yeah. to make something that is aesthetically appealing. Uh, and it's also really cool to see something physical like that come together and, mm-hmm. you know, put 2,000 nails into, into like, something. Because uh, that, was, that was one of the things that, because this guy had been a carpenter his whole life, and his forearm on his right arm was just gigantic. Just yeah. <laughs> oh, like it just grotesquely muscular, and uh-huh. and it, it compared to his left arm, just crazy oh, difference. Yeah, and uh, but it was I mean I say grotesque, maybe that's the wrong word. It was amazing. I mean this guy looked like a he looked like a superhero on his right arm because uh, he had been swinging a hammer for you know, forty years and he had just mm-hmm. really, really gotten it going. Uh, but yeah, I, I that was I, I'm glad I got kind of a a little bit of that because. I get some experience in that in that world because uh, it's not terrible. There's definitely a, a certain satisfaction to it. Uh, it, but it's a lot also like working out where if you you're about to do it, you're like, oh, this is gonna suck. I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. And then after you've done it, you're like, I'm that was good. I'm glad I did that. And there's like you kind of get that that high where you've really put your body into it and you've mm-hmm. and you're done. <laughs> but. Uh, but you know, I, if I had to choose, it's like, would you rather sit down for your job, or would you rather like move around all day in the sun? I don't really. I think I would choose the sitting down one. It's it's, I I don't know, because I think there's really something to um, hard work, especially with a payoff like that. I think there's something that's just inherently satisfying about getting up early working on a, a, a singular task and just that requires like physically physical you know effort to, mm-hmm. to create this thing and then you've you've worked really hard and then at the end there's this thing and it's completed I think there's just something very um, primal primally satisfying about that kind of thing yeah. and I don't know um, from like a happiness perspective if I would be a, a happier person as a result of of maybe making something physical as my daily job every day and working really hard. You know, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. It, 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 w- it would be harder for sure. It'd definitely be more difficult, but I don't know if that would make, if that would satisfy me more or not. Right. Well, I also just kind of like the idea of the small town contractor who does different stuff because my parents have lived in the same house for, I think like almost 30 years now. And the house has had a lot of renovations done to it just to keep up with, you know, modern times, I guess. Uh, so, but my parent, like, it's interesting because I got a little kind of a preview into, or a little peek into the world of private contractors, which I know private contractors get a bad rap. They're like, oh, it'll take two months, and they're still there yeah. six months later, and they're like, yeah, it's going to take about two more months, you know? Yeah. And like, that, that's, like a, that's like a joke or whatever, but... In my experience, the contractors have been amazing. They're extremely polite. They're supposed, they're like they they try to sell themselves to you because you are the best form of advertising for them. Because mm-hmm. they come in and redo your kitchen. You invite people over because now you have a nice kitchen. They come into your kitchen and they're like, "Oh my god, this is fucking amazing! I have to do this too." And then you say, "Oh well, I've got my man Tommy." Who he did this? He got this done on time, on budget. He and like because that's what he said he was gonna do. And you should call up Tommy and go, you know, get your kitchen redone. So there's it's that it's that very just direct capitalism where it's like uh-huh. you you the, the contractor wants to make the most money. 
that he can. And the best way for him to do that is to do the best job possible in the best amount of time so that you will tell someone else about it and then they will also be on board to give this guy money and he'll do the best job possible. And it's just, there's, it's, it doesn't really have a situation where he would like rip you off or screw you and it really pay off for him. That's because, a great point. I, I've, I've actually heard that conversation, that exact conversation many times before. Yes. And I, and I actually have seen those people go on to go do that, uh, go and use that same person. It's, but yeah, especially in a small town that is, there's always, I mean, there's only so many of those guys and they're like, oh yeah, my, my, my pal Jimmy, he's a carpenter. He can make that for you or whatever. And yeah. it's, it's always that kind of thing. That's really interesting. And yeah. And, and I love it because there's a lot of, there's a lot of situations, you know, living in a capitalist society where you get just, you get shafted because it makes sense for them to make the most money for them to shaft you. And I mean, mm-hmm. you can think of like internet service providers as a good, op- like a situation where that's true because there is no, there's a, we can get a whole conversation about that, but like in a situation where there's not a whole lot of competition, they can just shaft you. And that's the way, that's just a way of, uh, you know, taking full advantage of the capitalist society that we live in. But in this situation, you as the customer get the best payoff because if they don't impress you, if they don't do a good job of making you satisfied for it, uh, that, Carpenter's going to have more, she's going to have trouble finding more work. So you, the, mm-hmm. the power is given to the uh, consumer, to the customer. And uh, that is when you really see capitalism working for the masses as opposed to for the, uh, for the, for the few, for the pr- producers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, and then you, because then I live in a really metropolitan area and then everything, all the services around here are just ass because there's just so many people and they don't need to right. be good. You know, you might, they, they might do a shit job, but what are the chances you're going to run into one of the people that they've screwed and, uh, or even know of anybody else, you know, they can just, there's enough people that they can keep just doing it. But that's just one situation that I was a part of. And I was like, Hey, this actually really works, you know? And, and I think that even the contractors, like they like being like a one man show or two man show. If there's like, if they do other, like more complicated work and mm-hmm. they just do it all themselves. Like it's, it's, uh, it's kind of a refreshing different small business model do you ever think about doing um you ever think about like leaving your your desk job and then you would be like i wonder it would be like just to just to like make boats on in hawaii or something like that and that would be your your job or just to be a baker in germany or something like that like just and then just do that forever and that would be your thing you ever think about stuff i mean i yeah um i i've thought about kind of the possibility that almost anything is possible in uh in in like a again it's a capitalist society right so you kind of get to choose what you do and the point is to make money and if you can think of doing if you can think of a way that makes money, it's wide open. Do it, right? You if, mm-hmm. if if your thing is like for instance, there's a big man Tyrone is one of my favorite capitalist like success stories that I've ever seen, and it's this guy. There's there's this website that exists. I forgot the name of it, but it's basically a website where you can pay people money to make videos for you, and they're really simple. Like one of mm-hmm. them is this girl who plays the ukulele, and you pay her money, and she'll sing like a personalized song. So you can do like, uh, you know, sing over the rainbow, but somehow incorporate my girlfriend's name into it, and I'll send it to her for her birthday. And it's like, look, I got this. Like, look at this beautiful song that this person's playing for you. Then it only cost me fifteen bucks, right? Or uh, Big Man Tyrone, his whole deal 
was that he has different word count packages that you can buy and he will uh-huh. literally say anything you fucking want and he's this yeah. uh i think this nigerian guy who has a like a very thick accent and so a lot of him saying a lot of stuff in english it sounds funny and yeah. he blew up on reddit and a lot of people got him like basically his his whole persona has exploded into basically the voice of uh well, I wouldn't say the voice of 4chan, but he set has done a lot of work for 4chan, and uh, a lot of yeah. his more popular videos are like green text that people have copied and and made him say, or uh-huh. uh, just like him saying a bunch of meme shit that has really blown mm-hmm. up. And it all started with him just, and his prices have gone up too. He's more in demand now. So he's making more money per video that he makes, and it's all because he's decided he's like I could I could make money by sitting in front of my camera and just saying anything that people say. That's not a <laughs> traditional job. That that is not a traditional job. But it, that that opportunity exists because the whole goal of capitalism is just make money, and the infrastructure exists for him to do that. And I I think that's amazing. So really anything is possible if you can think of a way to get paid. Dude, that's amazing. I love that so much. That must be the best job ever. That's he's so uh, he's hilarious and what's great is like as long as this is popular he he can really get away with saying anything he wants he has said some hatred he has said some very vile vitriol on his uh-huh. youtube channel but he kind of has a free pass because he's like i you know there's i'm he's all about free speech and just saying whatever people are paying him to say he doesn't stand by any of it it's just yeah. part of what he does he's essentially and, uh, an actor exactly yeah he yeah is. That's insane. And I love it. I, it's it's one of my. It's inspiring, honestly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember because I remember you showed me the video. Because what what is the thing that you that we, well I guess I even said it too that we used to say all the time that that he that he said. Well, I mean, he had this one video. It was all about somebody made an ad like for their MLG team, and it's. It's basically just a. It's not a real MLG team, but it's basically all the MLG like inside jokes and memes all like strewn together in a really long uh, just advertisement for it. And it sounds yeah. hilarious said in a Nigerian accent. It's better just to listen to it. Like it's like imitating it does no justice. Maybe I'll throw it uh-huh. in here. But the uh, like that was part of what really made him blow up was him getting just really deep because. That's that's the power of getting somebody else to say some anything you want is you can make the most precise inside joke from this guy who see doesn't even have to know anything about it. Like it, yeah. his videos were blowing up within basically meme culture but more specifically MLG meme culture because he was able to land some of the most specific and niche references without even knowing yeah. them. He doesn't even care. And he's laughing uh-huh. at it, too, because he's like, what is this crazy? He's like, you yeah. know, <laughs> you might even get sponsored by Mountain Dew, uh, Doritos, or Luminati. Like, he doesn't, he, like, <laughs> says it wrong because he doesn't know what he's reading. But, like, I don't know. It's, it's, ah, it's, it's amazing. Big Man Tyrone. Check him out on YouTube. But like it's it's also kind of unique because if you just check out any YouTube video, some of them are pure garbage. That's like the downside yeah. of what he does because some people make him just because he yeah just he he makes some stupid videos because you know there's mm-hmm. really no uh, limit to it. You just he'll just make it. So he has like hundreds and hundreds of videos, I assume, like tons of. Yes, them? yes. And well, oh, the thing Jesus. is, he he will make the, he has like different packages. So some of the ones you pay him to make. He'll just send to you, but you can pay more money, and he'll post it on his own YouTube channel, 
that's actually oh, okay. pretty expensive, and the fact that he has so many videos just proves the fact that he makes, you know, b- a bunch of money. I want to talk. I want to talk about YouTubers making money because you did YouTube for a little bit, um, and you yes. are just a little bit more aware of uh, like how money is made on YouTube than me. I think. Um, I didn't make any money on YouTube. I'll, I'll go I, ahead and I say know that. You, I know you didn't, <laughs> but I think you would be a little bit more knowledgeable than I am on this. Um, I've heard this. I've heard like many times that there are YouTubers out there, like that are like twenty years old, that are literally multi-millionaires living in Hollywood Hills because of YouTube. Yeah. Um, oh, definitely. But then I go on to uh, there's uh, YouTube has. I don't, well, actually, I don't know if it's YouTube's application, but there's a, you can Google like a YouTube, uh, like uh, like the payment calculator for like per how many views you get is like this is how much money YouTube will pay you yeah, and stuff like that. And it's not that much. I mean, you'd have to be getting millions of views every week, like, like maybe like tens of millions every week or something like that to like actually make a, a, like a, a halfway decent living. But then I assume, okay, you got to throw advertisers in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but but then even then, okay, let's say that you're making fifty thousand dollars a year, and and that's I mean I'm saying you you let's say you get a million views a week, that's I would say about like a fifty k a year uh, payday from what I was seeing, and then okay you throw advertisers on on top of that, but like how much more is that really? Okay, but I don't believe that's close to multi millions. I mean, where so- is that? Where's that coming from? I don't know. I like because I understand there's the just views on YouTube, so you can get money from getting views on YouTube without ads, just straight views. Because that's just that's your your bringing in traffic to the YouTube website, and that is obviously good for their business. So there you go. There's a little money there. Then you can monetize your videos with ads, and uh, and I, I assume like there's different amounts you get for sub uh, subversing, not subversing. Uh, for, for forcing basically your viewers to endure ads, uh, it gives you more money, right? So you can do like the the 15 second ad that has a little skip button, or you can do a 15 second ad where they have to watch the whole thing, they can't skip it, or like a 30 second ad with a skip button, or a 30 second ad with no skip button. I'm sure there's different tiers of how much money that earns you per view. And then on top of that, a lot of YouTubers will advertise within their own content. They'll be like, mm-hmm. this episode is brought to you by advertisement here because none of them are giving me money so i'm definitely not going to yeah. say their name <laughs> um, but yeah. you, they so i i think there's very there's ways that you can kind of multiply your ability to get, uh aggregate views by advertising more and more and finding other ways because i i've also noticed that a big way to get money on youtube and really any social media platform is to have your own merch oh I mean, yeah everybody's got their yeah. own merch and I, 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 mean, I think it's interesting because I like having, uh, n- you know, merch from very niche things, things that I uh, found on the internet that I enjoy, uh, which is, it's cool that almost anybody can produce that kind of stuff. But I think it's also kind of a very vital stepping stone towards wealth is g- getting an audience and using them for your, you know, monetizing their views, but also getting them to p- spend money on your, on your merch is like the like the real next step that's what i was that's what i was thinking um is that you i think it's just these people taking advantage um of their of their status you know they're like okay mm-hmm. i i have or 
I have a following. Let's say I have a hundred. Let's say I have like you know hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have like a legitimate following at this point. I can create merchandise. You know, maybe I do uh, good commentaries and I can go. I don't know. Do a panel at E3 or something like that because I'm a you know a streamer or, or whatever, and then I can. Uh, charge to sell stuff at at my panel or well i don't know whatever it's just you you somehow take advantage of that yeah and you maybe do live shows and you sell out a theater or something like that and then it it kind of evolves into to a legitimate business and i I think that's probably where it's where it's going and there i mean there are um certainly examples of people like that like uh isn't like pewdiepie for example who i think he's isn't he one of the if not the most followed person on YouTube. Yeah, he's definitely up um, there. I, th- I know that he had like his whole, he said something uh, racially charged and he lost a lot of uh, advertisers and a lot of people kind of denounced him, which I think is, come on. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say like, I'm not trying, I'm not, I'm not arguing that we should accept Nazi culture and like not hate on people who are Nazis, but PewDiePie is not a Nazi, you know. He just said some stuff that maybe uh, made a few people feel uncomfortable, and suddenly they they backlash against him. Uh, Dude, there was uh, that. So I, I actually looked into that pretty heavily at the time, yeah. and what what's insane was that he actually didn't do it. I think how do I say this? So there was not one specific. YouTube video or, or point in a video where he said one thing that was insensitive. Uh-huh. There was, um, it was actually really, really insane because the Washington Post actually created a hit piece on him and then, um, uh, like, took a bunch of little pieces about uh, where he, like, referenced Nazis, whether it may, may be, like, in a Call of Duty game or he was just making some stupid. Um, joke or whatever and then they made like a uh, a uh, like a compilation video of all these things out of context and then like labeled him as a like Nazi sympathizer or racist or whatever it may be because of all of the Nazi stuff happening in the news at the time and so so it was literally a hit piece written by the Washington Post which they they with just completely baseless accusations, where it wasn't even baseless, it was calcu- it was a calculated attack at this person. It was it was unbelievable, and he lost all these subscribers as a result of it. But then, I think, or actually, no, he didn't lose subscribers; he gained subscribers but lost advertisers. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but it really blew my mind because it, whenever you look into it, and I think the article was actually changed as a result. Um, I can't remember; this was kind of a while ago. But it was uh, he didn't do anything wrong, really, from from what I understand. Um, Which I think I've seen that places. It's like hashtag PewDiePie did nothing wrong, and and you look at that, and it's almost as uh, you know charged, or or, or it's almost as um, what is it controversial as saying something like Hitler did nothing wrong, right? Because they're yeah. they're, they're able to equate PewDiePie with a Nazi. And uh, it, 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 I, I, I want to like focus on the fact that it's like maybe the article was changed. It, who's gonna go back and read that article two weeks later when it's changed? You know, you've already well, done yeah, the damage. But that's well, yeah, that's the issue. Is like now more than ever, 
these um, outlets have a responsibility to be printing stuff that is uh, unbiased and truthful. They never didn't have that responsibility. I know, but I'm saying <laughs> I know that I know that they didn't. But it's it's like now more than ever, mm-hmm. they should like be you know triple checking these things to make sure that there's nothing taken out of context and everything is very honest and objective. And but they're doing the complete opposite because it's um, lucrative. Um, so it's. Like it just it makes me. I felt like really bad for him because I mean he was literally just a, a, a totally a victim, which is well, which is insane. Yeah, but at the same time, at the, at the very end of it, I think any publicity is good publicity, and I know that that isn't. I guess not. It's not wholly true. But let's look at a situation where you have someone who's absolutely bad. Uh, this Logan Paul guy, right? He's uh, he's huge like, with Logan Paul. You know, oh the, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah on YouTube, yeah. He uh, went to Japan and he made a video where he featured a got a dead body, someone who had committed suicide in the forest, and that was kind of like the clickbait of it. He's like, "Wait, Japanese adventure gone wrong? Like, go, like gone sexual? You know?" He's like yeah. making these clickbait titles, which it's actually kind of crazy. When I was when I was younger on YouTube, YouTube was still pretty new. YouTube was like 2006, right? When it came out, when it first started, mm-hmm. I want to say. So a lot of the stuff that I was like, that we experienced on YouTube when we were this young age was still kind of in development. There was definitely clickbait, don't get me wrong, but a lot of the stuff was a little just less, uh, like in, not enhanced, but less calculated for clickbait to really take yeah. advantage of the young mind and say like, a young kid will not be able to not click on this, right? Like, there's this will yeah. be irresistible to a stupid nine-year-old who is on YouTube, you know. So that's and that's basically who his audience is. This guy uh, basically takes advantage of young kids on the internet and gets them to watch his videos because he makes stuff that is basically just addicting to them. And uh, he made this video with this dead body, and everyone is says, "Yeah, obviously can't do that." So there's this huge media backlash but because of the the nature of his business he actually gained subscribers and his videos he took down that video specifically uh-huh. but his other videos his previous videos got more views than ever because he was all over the news everywhere getting this ne- negative media but any publicity was good publicity he actually i mean i don't think he said this but other people have speculated he probably made more money then than he ever has because he was getting so much free publicity and it's almost rewarding his bad behavior i i wonder if um hell we're talking about him and he's we're we're far from his target demographic yeah but the thing is um crystalia um talked about this on his podcast whenever um when that happened yeah and he made a really good point that he was exposed to real people in, in in that i mean not that saying kids aren't real people but you know he got no they're not to though they're definitely fucking not yeah yeah i guess yeah you're you're right i mean they it's you're right in that like they don't they're not fully developed and they don't know that this guy is basically a, a moron um yeah. uh 
and now he's been exposed to just regular adults and his his peers actually because this guy's I think he's 22 right mm-hmm. he's the same he's, age as me yeah which is and so I look at this guy and immediately I mean just even just looking at some of the screen captures of this this person if you're a 22 year old guy making videos that appeal to you know prepubescent kids and then also you're wearing this goofy ass alien lime green hat and you're going in Japan going through the suicide forest on some meme adventure mm-hmm. like i can't be your friend bro i can like who what other 22 year old male let alone a female is going to want to hang out with this guy like well, oh, i know just, I, mean, I know he, he just want to make money yeah, but the thing is, though, he's like he's just exposed himself as a complete psycho weirdo loser that probably won't lose his appeal to the younger audiences because he's w- wacky and a uh, like le random gentleman, sir, you know. But uh, like has totally delegitimized himself as just a a <laughs> good human being. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, but I um I actually I've watched some of his videos because uh, this summer I went to uh, California to visit some of my family members and I have some young cousins who are big Logan Paul fans, Logan and Jake Paul. They love them and, and a bunch of other YouTube celebrities, whatever you want to call them, that I'd never heard of because obviously Logan Paul is kind of near the or at the top basically. And the videos are kind of, I won't say they're hard to watch specifically, but they're a little bit awkward. You, you kind of get into this world of this hyper intense vlog where he's like a dick to some of his friends. Like they, like the one I watched, they were just hanging out at his house and they were like hitting, like surprise hitting their friends with water balloons. It's like, ha like gotcha, like turns the camera towards himself, dab, dab, and like, and like everybody's like dabbing also. And then uh, <laughs> like, it's, it's like weird, but they, that's what they, they fucking love it. And it's like, dude, and they also have like, there's also like attractive, like similar aged females there too, who are also like getting, oh! but also that are there, right? And you, you can you you can cherry pick awkward things. Like his dad also makes content just like him. I mean, Crystalia talks about that. And there's a video where they have it's like can can girls tell your age from making out with you? And it's like this they get this girl blind fucking they fucking blindfold her and they take turns like making out with her and the the dad does it too. <laughs> Oh their my dad god! Makes out with girl. They put it on video, and they're like, "So could you tell? Like, could you tell he was like?" <laughs> you probably could easily. <laughs> it's like, hmm, this guy has like, like you know, stubble, and he smells like cigarettes. Yeah, <laughs> he's clearly forty-five, <laughs> and I'm making out with him like this. Uh. Oh. You know, you look at that, and it's like, yeah, I guess this girl volunteered for this video, but I didn't. I don't know if I wanted to volunteer to watch it. It's just weird. And it's Dude. it's that kind of viral content that little kids are, like, really into. I mean, don't even get me started on how, like, they kind of expose young kids to a lot of sexual content that I don't know. Oh, yeah. I, it's kind of – I don't know. I think that America does a lot to make sexual – just your own sexuality very taboo, which I don't agree with. I think a lot of other countries do a better job of introducing you to your sexuality early and it ends up being uh, empowering and something that protects you potentially from uh, some sticky situations where 
you know, people get pregnant because they don't know what the hell they're doing or, you know, get STDs and stuff. Like, I, I'm not saying America does it right or, or that we shouldn't be talking about that a little earlier, but that's aside the point. Uh, there's stuff where it's like, dude, should a young kid be seeing, like, a guy's dad making out with, a like, a 20-year-old girl, you know? I uh, I, I don't know. I, I think it's... I think that would be kind of weird for a, a small, a really young kid to see that. But I think what's uh, what's ultimately happening right here is that it's 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 a stupid person who's perfected up attracting other stupid people or just underdeveloped young oh, people. Oh, okay. Well, here's the thing. I watched a video that argues that Jake Paul, Logan Paul, those guys are actually really smart. And because they, they, they make the best content for what they're doing. There's other people that try to be like them and, and get little kids to give the, like basically view their videos so they can make money. But he does it to the best. He's, he, he makes, I mean, have you seen that video, the It's Everyday Bro, like rap video? That, no. He, he made this like very shit rap video where it's it looks like a good rap video I guess because it has like him and all his friends at their mansion they're next to really nice cars and like there's a decent beat like it'll get you like nodding your head I guess uh, but I mean like everything he says is trash and he's like yeah like it's team 10 like we dab on the haters like it's like it's so shit it's cringy almost but yeah. It's made in a, and it's got this like syrupy, uh, addictive beat that's gonna get little kids to be like, yeah, it's every day, bro. I'm I'm eight. I don't know what's actually cool, so I'm gonna watch this video twelve times. You know, yeah. I might buy it on iTunes. I might get my parents to let me buy this on iTunes. And even though it's trash and doesn't hold water at all, it doesn't it doesn't uh, match up to anything that uh, like uh, people who respect their own work are making. Uh, it's going to do better because he's he's he's. You know, crack. He's gained the system to the point where he can make something, and it's it. You know, when you, if you when you put it up against other th- people that are trying to do the same thing as him, he's better than them. He's smarter than them, and he knows how to he knows how to work the system, which you gotta respect. But if you just look at it at face value, you're like, I fucking hate this guy because I hate what he makes. It, it oh, man. So okay, so this, th- okay, this. I generally think that people. I like to. I like to relate this to uh, Instagram models all the time, where you think you could. You would look at that person at face value, and you would think, "Oh, that person's just talentless, and they're just throwing their ass on Instagram." And you're like, "Wow, that that person is like has a. They look great, but they seem like a shitty person." But a lot of the times, and I, I actually have a, a good friend of mine who it who is an Instagram model actually, mm-hmm. and she she has uh, like hundreds of thousands of followers and like makes money, and. She is a very intelligent person, and she's like making money, and this is her business, and it is very calculated. So mm-hmm. I do, I don't like to dismiss people, init- like right off the bat, and be like, "Oh, that guy's an idiot," because there probably is some calculated uh, uh, stuff going on there. But it's just, I, I think that you can't. So with, in her case, though, I mean, she's the only content she's showing is pictures of herself, which are very calculated, you know, professionally photographed, mm-hmm. and then Instagram stories, which are, you know, can be like not even really representative of your real life because you're just showing highlights yeah um so her her life on instagram is not really her life it's uh it's her job um Mm -hmm. but i would be inclined i i I think differently for for this guy and guys like him i mean this really seems to be his personality 
Um, maybe maybe he's kind of like exaggerating his personality, but he just seems generally like an asshole. But um, I, I this is and to to, to go further like. He, uh, <clears throat> to me, it seems like he makes those kinds of videos that you see on Instagram all the time. And Crystalia mentioned this also. Like, how many times are they gonna make that video on Instagram where it's like two black dudes, walk, or it's like a black guy walking with his girlfriend down the street, and then some other like hotter girl walks by, and he like turns around and checks out her ass in slow motion, and then his girlfriend like slaps him or some shit. Like, yep. that's funny. And there's and there's so many just like beautiful Instagram women that try to get into the like sketch comedy like that where where yeah. every single sketch is just based on their ass and yep. it's it, it, like I don't even know and it is and I guess really that is appealing to either really fucking stupid people or just young people like teenagers probably yeah um, no it is which and so I don't know. I think it's really a mix of being like, okay, people obviously want to see this, and this is a this is a winning formula, but also, what kind of person do you have to be to want to make that? So I think it's really a mix of both. Like, I I'm, I know that people want this, and also I'm stupid enough to be willing to do it. Right. Because well, yeah, I think you would it's both. You would hope that if somebody is self aware enough to realize what they're doing there. Exactly. They would be self aware exactly. enough to make something better. Right? Exactly. But, it just, I guess it's like another form of selling out. You're like, I am intelligent enough to know that this is something that is lame and uh, people might hate me for it, but I'm, I don't know if greedy is the right word, but it's just like you're willing to mm-hmm. suffer the consequences in order to gain popularity with idiots and make like bucket loads of money. Yeah. And so with Logan Paul, I'd say that he's just, uh, um, like he, I think he, his personality aligns with these kinds of videos where like he actually thinks they're cool and coincidentally at the same time they uh they're lucrative yes no and and, yeah i don't think he whether he thinks they're cool or not he wouldn't be making them if they didn't make him lots of money so it's like Mm -hmm. i think at the at the very end of the day that's why he does it but i yeah yeah the fact that he does it literally every day definitely has to make his personality somewhat compatible with this lifestyle uh because he is it does i i I have to argue that he probably spends more time being like that than he spends not if there is a different version of him that's like what i'm doing is really stupid and it makes me money right at at some point I, i think that this might be kind of like where it reaches a peak where he's totally lost his mind where he's willing to be like i'm gonna go to japan assault people and just be a general idiot and uh, and go so far that I get crazy amount of backlash. I don't believe that he calculated. He's like, this is going to explode. Like, I'm going to do something so offensive that I'm going to be more popular than ever. I think he was just making another video, and he wasn't. He's lost kind of that awareness, and he's he's gone too far, and he didn't and he didn't even realize it while he was doing it. Because I mean, if you just look, at, he put the dead guy in the thumbnail. I mean, he was like oh my laughing God. about it while he was there. Well, it's just like it looks so bad. I, I'd like to. Well, I'd like to caveat that. Where so he, uh, I I didn't watch all of the video, but I did watch some of it. And from a lot of my uh, people that I've heard that did watch the entire thing, it was like what he in the video he actually didn't do anything. Outside of actually filming the body, he didn't say anything or do anything like really disrespectful. He was in shock. He was like trying to just 
he was kind of like out of it made had mm-hmm. some like nervous laughter um and really in the video nothing was like uh you know um disrespectful other than the fact that he was filming a body mm-hmm. um um, but then it's so easy to take the highlight clips of him like laughing around the, the body. Yeah, well, and, and, and also so, it's some of the videos he's, he made before that too, just being in Japan and being a general asshole to the people of Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, it's so, I mean, every video I've seen that has critiqued him on this, it starts with what he says at the beginning. He like prefaces the videos like, Japan is all about the respect. I've got to like, got to make sure I don't disrespect the culture. And then it's just, uh-huh. you know, highlight after highlight of him like absolutely disrespecting the culture so it, it's easy to make him to villainize him when you can uh-huh. uh juxt- you can have the juxtaposition of him being like i recognize that japan is all about the respect and i and i'm going to not disrespect them and then over and over and over again him blatantly disrespecting japanese culture so it's like he really set himself up for that oh yeah that's actually kind of like just conceptually that's actually kind of hilarious um. It is no. And, and the, I'm sure that those videos before he got the dead body, like I'm sure that those videos would have done fine and flown under the radar because uh-huh. I understand he's kind of a jackass, anyways. Like the cops have been called, uh, like because he would invite girls to his like mansion in whatever part of L.A. and people would be like, "Why are there twelve year old girls mobbing the street in my neighborhood?" You know, I'm a millionaire and I don't want this. You know. Uh, I live next door to Jake Paul and or, or Logan Paul, and and it's like, this is bad, but that's his thing, right? He like does crazy shit. So uh, I think the dead body was really what pushed it over the edge, and the rest was kind of just business as usual. But okay, but so, unless you so, have anything else you really want to, I do. I feel like we've really made this like the Jake Logan Paul podcast. Yeah, his fucking name is so, like I, I I'm kind of trying to get away from this topic. I think we may have like beat this horse this dead horse enough. Um, but did you have any? I mean, did you have anything else you wanted to like really lay down on him? I mean, I guess. Well, I'm wondering. The only only thing I'm wondering further is that I'm wonder uh, how he has that LA house. That was kind of the initial uh, starting of this conversation. Is like, how was he balling so hard? But I, I really have no idea. I I, I think it maybe it might have been daddy's money, but also Jake and Logan Paul got a lot of. They were Vine famous. So they may have been able to turn that into some sort of, uh, you know, popularity and, and make some money off of that because they were two of the top viners around. So. Oh, okay. But I don't know how much money they made off of that exactly. But to pivot to change topics here. Mm. Um, <laughs> so when I I got a, you know, I have a regular job here, so I, I have disposable income, and I I went to a vape shop and like picked up a vape, which was a bad idea. And I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I'm not saying it's a bad idea because all vapors are stupid. I don't think that you can say that about something because some people really enjoy it. Whatever, right? And, uh, but what's been really funny about it is the marketing that I've received as a result of my purchase. Because, like, I I went in there. I bought a, I bought a vape. And I just got, like, a basic, like, starter vape, I guess. I, there's so much about it. Like, people who are into car yeah. culture, uh, I think, would really enjoy vaping because there's yeah. so much shit <laughs> that you have to do. There's, like, different rigs, and it's like, oh, dude, you got to get this new coil. It really chucks. Like, it, yeah. it has, like... <laughs> And, like, there's chucks, like, premium juices and, like, custom juices. And the guy even was like, hey, man, like, 
I've got like all the the popular brands, and I'm like, yeah, of course, obviously the popular brands. And he's like, yeah, but I actually mix my own juices. So if you if you want, I could I could get you some of that. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, <laughs> like he's got his own custom juices in the yes, back. and and yeah. the, I this guy because uh, he's like a small business owner. Like the the vape shop that I go to is not, or that I went to. I've only been there once. Uh, is not one of these chains but he, like there's there's obviously kind of a culture surrounding vaping but it was actually hard to be like <laughs> are you serious like <laughs> i want i thought i was gonna be able to go in there and be like one vape please and i would be able to yeah. walk out with it which they do they have like 15 dollar like one use vapes but he's like no yeah. dude do, do you don't want to use those uh like those are shit and it's like okay um so i bought like i had to buy a battery like i had to buy a, a like a rig i guess i don't really know yeah. what the name of it is yeah, and then up. you have to buy batteries for it and the batteries are like different types of batteries like you oh, you, you can get really? like uh, you can get different sized batteries that fit in the same rig it's like this one's going to give you like a 12 hour charge but this one's got a 14 hour charge it's going to last you way longer that'll be like a whole year of vaping for you like you can mm-hmm. like recharge these and they'll hold their charge uh over and over again for about a year then you'll probably have to buy new ones i'm like what the fuck? I like. <laughs> I just want to buy one and be able to use it forever. That is not mm-hmm. the case. And then you have to buy like a little thing that holds the juice, and you have to buy coils. And like, yeah, you're probably gonna want to place a coil about once a week. It's like, oh, dude, that's way too much fucking work. And mm-hmm. obviously, you have to buy like the juices and stuff. And they have nicotine, non-nicotine. There's a whole like thing you can really get engrossed in it. Also, and like. <laughs> Mine, the one that I got, has like a heads up or like a, a little bit of a screen that tells you like how many ohms you're running. Obviously, very important for ohms. People. Yeah, so how many, what, what the resistance is on your coil, so that you can uh, like the the more resistance you have, the hotter it's going to get, and the okay. the bigger your cloud is going to be. Mm. And and your cloud. And then it te- yeah, and it tells you how much. Well, actually, I don't think you can change the 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 resistance because that's I think that depends on the coil. But you can change the voltage you're running. The higher your voltage you do your little your mathematics from electronics class and you can figure out the uh how how much you're running there it basically just increases the heat and gets you bigger clouds mine even has a puff counter (laughs) and it tells you how many times you've puffed yeah so i actually uh made it to 1781 i'm looking at it right now which uh is a lot even though it doesn't seem like a lot because uh I, did, I feel like I kind of lost interest in it. Uh, I got the non-nicotine kind, so mm-hmm. it doesn't really do anything. It's kind of just for blowing smoke out of your mouth, like yeah, which is fun at first because you're like whoa, vaping, and I mm-hmm. I like you know you can cloud up a room, which me and my roommate think is like totally like dab worthy, <laughs> like oh, like like I was sitting there watching football all afternoon, and my roommate like comes out of his room and he's like. Dude, it is cloudy in here, you know. And that's like that's like he's like paying his respects to me to say like you really did a good job of making it hard to see the TV, you know. <laughs> like, oh my god. But dude. but eventually you just lose interest in that. Like uh, it tastes kind of good, but it also doesn't taste like that great. Like you'd rather taste food or drink. Like that's a much more real taste. And yeah. So I don't know. It just. For me, I tried it and it wasn't really for me. I feel like with the the real target audience is probably people who get the nicotine out of it because then they get kind of they get something from it. But let me that was a whole side to get to what I really enjoyed about <laughs> going to this vape shop. Was I got like a I got like a discount if I gave him my email or my uh, my phone number, which uh, I was like unsure if I was really ever going to come back. But they he has run some 
well, basic, some basic ones, right? Like 10% off premium juices, 20% off house juices, New Year's Day only. So it's like, oh yeah, let me rush to the vape shop on New Year's Day and get my discount juice. But my favorite one was like, I got a, uh, <laughs> I got like a, it was cloud competition at, and like, it had like an address that's different from the store. So this is like a bunch of dudes like meeting at a place to actually like, have a, a cloud competition, have like a vape off, and totally un- mm. unironically. Like it's an actual thing that people are like, no, I fucking juice the biggest clouds, bro. Like step up, you know? Fucking, what the fuck Dude. is up, Kyle? <laughs> Dude, have you seen the um, the World Vape Championships? No. <laughs> <laughs> that is Dude, crazy. that's real. I think, I think there's a video... Um, I think it's like the 2016 World Vape Championships, and they and they're just like it's it's maybe like a couple hundred dudes in just like some rented out auditorium somewhere, and with with like a vinyl like a uh, sign above the stage, <laughs> it's like World Vape Championships. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just like and the video is like 30 minutes long, and I just like skip to the end to see like the final two contesters to see. Yeah, the best, the biggest clouds, yeah. obviously. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the biggest cloud. And um, yeah, it's pretty great. I mean, they they're pretty much ex- exhaling for like a full minute of. Cloud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, they they like they. It's it's actually pretty impressive, like how much cloud they're able to make because i mean i assume it's a combination of breath control as well as um having like your best uh uh rig right you have to like, yeah oh yeah the most the most high-tech technology and be uh have the best rig out there but also be um very skillful with your vape yeah like you're uh, showing up with your fucking like the nimbus 2000 of vapes it's like oh yeah. shit like top of the line you know and it's like I, uh, well, yeah, and I just think, like, how do you become, like, that guy, right? It's like, oh, this guy used to go to all the, he, he was, like, the, the top dude at all the, cl- like, the street cloud competitions in Oklahoma yeah. City. Like, he was the king of the city. This guy used to have the biggest clouds, you know? So, sometimes they would, like, the, the forecast was, uh, was overcast because they knew this guy was going to be, was going to be sm- vaping later. Like, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. But, uh, I don't, I don't know, I. I just think it's a hilarious culture. It's it's so I, easy to make fun of, and I think it gets made fun of more than it should. Really, I don't think so. I think that I think that it's judged correctly, man. I, I was <laughs> most most people. I mean, there there. I don't even know if I know anybody that vapes regularly who who doesn't fit the stereotype. Like truly. I don't know. Like what what makes it so different than like just smoking a pipe? Well, smoke, smoking a pipe is just much. I mean, if you smoke in a pipe, you 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 elitist, or I don't even know. Like you're, it's, <laughs> you're like so, a, yeah. Well, because the culture so surrounding it says that you're like a uh, like a classy, like high, like, yeah, high class gentleman. Oh, and I'm sure you could probably roast people who smoke pipes too, but for being like, uh, you know, like lay gentle sirs who think that they're all like they probably wear a fedora or something, but. I like because every time, straight up every time, I've told someone's like, "Oh yeah, I own a vape." They're like, "Ah, oh, dude!" Yeah, they're like they're like offended yeah. <laughs> the fact that I I went and bought a vape. And I will I will admit, like I kind of wish I had my money back because I don't think I'm really gonna use this thing anymore. But I uh, 
I just I I think it's it's not worth delegitimizing it as a, a whole hobby. I actually went to a person. I, I went to like a, a get together over like near Christmas, and the I had known this family for a long time, and the father of this family had like a pretty decent like a vape collection. Like he had a bunch of different rigs and a bunch of different wow. sized like things. And it's like, he's like, yeah, I used to smoke all the fucking time, but now I don't. I just vape. And he's like, I kind of got into it, and I like to, like, fiddle with this. And, you know, it's almost like a little hobby for him. And I'm like, he, and I mean, he's like f- almost 60, and is not, he's not saying, like, you know, like, want to have a cloud competition? Like, he, yeah. he just enjoy. it's like kind of replaced smoking for him. And I, I mean, I doubt this guy cares about what people think, but I think you could use that maybe as a counterexample to... All these dudes who are like oh, clouds, like uh, like this 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 rig really chucks, bro. Like, yeah. I, I one time I vaped so hard I threw up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is necessarily. That's just like so douchey about it. It's almost like I think of it almost as like someone who has like a really dope PC that they built with lights and like the clear glass panel with the led lights in it and they're just Mm -hmm. like super prideful of their pc which is like i even kind of think that's cool but there's just like some element of like um like condescension and like eliteness to it you know and and i i feel like that's sort of what the the energy that surrounds like that kind of culture and i don't i I can't put my finger on it but it, it definitely just feels like i don't know almost like a condescending thing like uh i i can't explain it yeah no i mean i definitely i don't know it, it's i think just experiencing it in real life is really changed what is what changed kind of my perspective on vaping because there are like there are guys in the vape shop who were like this is my life like there's a guy he's like yeah just been, like, he's like he's and he was like this guy he seemed like a pretty enterprising young man he was just like yeah i've been hanging out here for a while i'm trying to get a job at the vape shop and maybe like one day open a vape shop of my own and i'm like i was and he was saying that in a way where he's expecting me to be like yeah wow that is the dream right and i i was uh-huh. like what you're hanging out here just to like gain experience so that you can be like confident enough to start your own vape shop but you know i can't hate on that he's this guy's got like a vision he's got a dream and he it, like he's passionate about vaping go do it you know I, I don't know i uh i think it's easy to just mock it because it is so easy to mock i, yeah. I guess that's that's very circular logic there but there's a lot about vaping that makes it seem douchey and as mm-hmm. a result people who make it a priority in their life get mocked but i don't think it's wholly a waste of time i think there's plenty of people who who really get a kick out of it and you know if they do so what i'm uh i i I'm not going to partake, uh, but I think that it has some redeeming qualities. Uh, for there, some people, there are also it's a very zero, engaging hobby. There are also absolutely zero uh, respectable smoke shops in the U.S. I don't know. Every single one that I've seen is some sketchy place that resembles, like, that seems like it would definitely sell pot in the back. Like, it's always just super... <laughs> You know, like, yeah. a, like a very clear. Well, actually, they're, they're actually all those smoke shops are just like, like the, the glassware shops that definitely don't sell bongs. Like that's that's basically what those vape shops are right. and have been like adapted to be. Um, it was pretty sketchy. This because I, I I walked into and th- this 
place obviously used to be something else that went out of business and they cleared everything out and uh-huh. like the walls weren't painted and there was one couch up against the wall there was like basically an empty room with one couch a, a tiny tv on the opposite wall and then a counter with all this stuff and uh and like the reason I actually went in there because I pass this vape shop all the time. I was it's across the street from my grocery store, and I was walking back to my car with my groceries, and I was like peering across the street at the vape shop, and I saw like this huge plume of smoke <laughs> just <laughs> forming in the middle of the room. And I was like, okay, I have to go check. This out. <laughs> like I could see it from across the street. I was like, that's all right. I'm in, and. Uh, at the very least, oh, it has been awesome. an engaging talking point. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. It's, yeah, I don't know. Jesus. The reason I brought that up is because I literally just got a, uh, a text. 50% off house juice. They must be going oh, out of business place. or something, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, house juice, I think, is what he calls his custom juices. So. Do they took your number? Did they ask, they ask for your phone number? Mm-hmm. They gave me like a discount when I bought my first thing if they get my number. And it, each text gives me an opportunity to opt out, but I've honestly been entertained by these texts. So. <laughs> Dude, Bill, I think, was it, uh, yeah, Bill Burr has like such a great bit about how places, uh, whenever you check out, they ask for like your email address and your phone number and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, we're not going to do anything with it. And they're like, why? Like, why the fuck are you collecting phone numbers for no reason? And, and, and that bit made me realize or like actually change my actions whenever they ask me for for the phone number i'm just like nah yeah like i just i like i just don't give it to them because and and they and they act like it's required for the purchase for me to to give you my phone number yeah it's it's i'm like no just you're not like you don't need this (laughs) there's a register in front of you here's the money give me my shit yeah no my phone number yeah i mean when i worked retail what we were trying to push was like the credit card right so if you couldn't sell them on the credit card now you get their 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 contact info and you can advertise the credit card to them there right or Uh just to advertise other shit to get them back in the store which when you're doing it, if you're really committed and you really want to sell them stuff, that's like great. It's like, oh, another tool to make money. But if you're me and you're just doing that job to make some money for beer in between like fall semester and spring semester, you're like, man, I feel like a scumbag. Because yeah. even when they're like, uh, no thanks, you're like, oh, you really should. Like, uh, and it's like, uh, nah, dude. Like, obviously, giving them more information is only going to get you more ads. So yeah. I agree. If you if you unless you're really unless it's a store that you actually want to hear from and you want mm-hmm. to know about the you want to give them more money, mm-hmm. yeah, de- definitely. Or give them like a fake email address. I always I always give uh, whenever I have to give an email, but it doesn't actually matter. I always put Tigers fan like twenty four <laughs> at Gmail. <laughs> You know, because I'm hoping that there's some Clemson Tigers fan who's getting spammed with all these emails like, where the fuck is this coming from? And they're, uh, they're like, yeah, suck it. That's what you get. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. So, oh, man. That's so much fun. But, yeah, that's that's vaping. I'm uh, not like the one the vape I have now. It's like it doesn't really work anymore because I think my coil is like burnt out but i'm definitely not gonna figure out how to fix it or buy a new one it's just maybe i'll sell it on craigslist dude especially if you if you're not addicted to nicotine like i don't know i feel like you gotta be putting some bad shit in your body that's just that like battery acid juice random 
like where the fuck are they making this juice? Like, yeah, I don't, I don't what, know. What, how what is like? How does he make his own dude? I want to I want to look up how to make your own vape juice because I'm like, what is that shit? I don't ask me, man. Although yeah, I know you got to be coating your lungs with some bullshit because that's what uh, I'm saying. Yeah, like yeah. I because I, one of the things I did is I have I, like a it's not a pitcher, but it's basically like a big glass bottle that you're supposed to fill up with water and just leave out and you can just pour yourself water whenever you want and it has like a mm-hmm. lid and i like got a big plume going and i like mm-hmm. filled the whole bottle with smoke and i capped mm-hmm. it and just left it in there i was like you see how long this stays it stayed in there a really long time the smoke actually kind of collected mm-hmm. towards the bottom half but it stayed in there a really mm-hmm. long time and then i was like okay i actually want to use this for water again so i like washed it out uh, mm-hmm. Like I, well, I basically just emptied out the smoke and then filled it with water, and then the mm-hmm. water was all like murky. So I had to really oh. wash it out, and I was like, "Hmm, <laughs> <laughs> this is kind. Of, this bottle is a lot like my lungs in the sense that Dude, it fills up with that this definitely. Vapor. That definitely sounds like that's going to be at a, uh, at like an anti-smoking presentation in an elementary school in the in the year two thousand twenty-five, where someone is gonna someone is gonna vape. Like this is in like. 10 years from now, they're going to figure out that, uh, because now they have enough sample evidence, they're going to figure out that um, vape juice causes cancer. And yes. then they're going to be at some elementary school basketball court in, in the auditorium or whatever. <laughs> and there's going to be some, some cop that takes a big plume, like gets a, 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 a big inhale of vape and then blows a big plume into a glass container and then shows the kids that this is the inside of your lungs after after 15 years of vaping (laughs) (laughs) just say no kids to vaping you know and they're gonna have like a video of some kid who's like walking home from school is like hey kid you want to vape you know (laughs) which never okay that's the other thing when we were in school we we were told it's like you will be offered drugs by like random sketch balls and like they are going to be offended if you say no so you need to be prepared to like hurt somebody's feelings and say no to drugs totally not the case dude because here's really? the thing. drugs drugs cost money drugs cost money and mm. no one is actually going to get their feelings hurt not not no one randoms are not going to get their feelings hurt if you if you say no to drugs and i like i don't know yeah. I, I think that the way that we are trained to resist drugs well first off i think the whole just say no thing does not work um, of course i yeah. think that the, the war on drugs has been very miss uh just uh, very counterproductive but I, at no point has like i've been walking down the street and somebody been like hey dude you want to hit this doobie you know like yeah <laughs> no that's not that's just unrealistic I, uh, although I to think, tell you the truth I, well go ahead i think maybe the co- like that context is is uh kind of like like this that situation that they're presenting is sort of like misrepresented i think uh, more times than not i mean i've had this experience with alcohol more than anything mm-hmm. where you know i might like when i was younger and like you know everyone was kind of starting to drink for the first time then i've definitely been in a, a scenario where where like if i turned down a drink like i would be considered like kind of like a bitch you know what i'm saying for yeah for oh, not for not like chugging a beer or something like that and I, so I think for those kind of scenarios, which could definitely happen with drugs um, at like a party or something, they're, they're trying to prepare you to be like, it's okay to just tell them no, you, you know, yeah. because, but, because, inst- you know, instinctually, 
you would probably think the other way. You're like, okay, I need to do this to be accepted. Yeah, to be cool, yeah. And I guess it, yeah, it also yeah. just... Yeah, I guess it does do... Uh, you know, the intended purpose may be just to keep your own self-confidence up in the face mm-hmm. of a situation where you might be uncomfortable. You know, you feel kind of mm-hmm. your peer pressure, I guess, you get to. But mm-hmm. I don't know. In my experience, at least with drugs, alcohol is a good example of a situation where you ha- like, you can become a, a bit of a pariah if you're not mm-hmm. willing to engage in, uh, you know, really uh, in binge drinking and, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of almost to a dangerous level. Because especially if you're usually good with just normal drinking and then somebody's like take this shot and you're like you know you're gonna throw up if you don't and you're like no it's like yeah. oh like what a bitch but i mean like, now i'm getting to just like advice like, you just gotta be able to say no, fuck you <laughs> i'm not a bitch I mean, call me a bitch if you want i don't care i'm just i don't yeah. want to feel like throwing up dude oh this this ties into like a whole another thing that i i try to I, well i don't know i i think this is just normal but i see it but i think it's actually way less common than it should be just being just you which sounds so which sounds like such a like a a, a thing that means nothing uh like i'm yeah. saying nothing um Very cliche but, yeah. yeah but but it's it's like the most recent example i've i've like that i can uh use i think is like uh for example um a, a good example of this is like when you're texting someone, but you don't want to be annoying, so you won't like double text or yeah. you won't FaceTime them or something like that because you don't want to be annoying to like a girl that you're interested in or sure. or whatever or um, yeah or you you're like you don't want to turn down that drink because you don't want to seem like a bitch or, or whatever it is. It's like mm-hmm. I think that if you're an adult and you still succumb to those feelings. Like, you, that's an issue, dude. That is an issue. Like, whenever I'm talking to a girl, I'll say whatever the fuck I want. I don't care, man. And I just, but the thing is, I know many, many people where just, you know, take that idea of just being confident in yourself. They're not, they're totally not that way at all. And they succumb to those feelings all the time. And this, it's not necessarily peer pressure. Peer pressure is a part of that. But I think yeah. it's really just being confident in what, in your, you, you know, in like what you're willing to accept and not accept. Yeah, well, it's, it's tough. I mean, especially when it comes to talking to the opposite gender or the same gender, I guess, if that's your, uh, if you're, your specific thing. But somebody you're romantically interested in, you're, you do care about impressing them, right? And, uh, I think that your mindset is the correct one to have. It's like you got to be yourself, and if that's what they're into, that's what they're into, and if that's, if they're not, then they're not, right? But in practice, it's a whole lot harder to stick to because at the end of the day, you want people to like you, and then you're like, maybe nobody will like me if I'm just me, so maybe I need to pretend to be something else. I'm not saying that's the correct way to do it, obviously, but I think it's definitely tempting. It's something that you definitely might fall into, especially if it works, right? Mm-hmm. Because... Uh, I don't know. There's definitely a lot of things that I think are learned, especially with like text communication uh, with like females, like not double texting or only double texting when it like makes sense, you know. And mm-hmm. it can lead to miscommunication. But uh, it's safer to stick to the norm because you don't want to lose them just on that. Mm-hmm. I agree, though. I don't like to deal with like the bullshit of like, oh, if I text you first too often, then it's over. Like then I, mm-hmm. and then you think I'm annoying, and it's like, nah. You you gotta be. 
you gotta have that mutual attraction. If somebody is like, yeah, he's cool, like, I would be with him otherwise, but he just texts first too much, it's like, nah, I'm done. You know, then I, I, I don't think, I, specific, personally, I don't think I would. Be yeah, able to and say if one, if, the thing is, if one person is playing that game, then it's, it's like, then it's all out of whack, you know? Because then I could be just being 100% real with you and just speaking however I wanna speak, but then you don't wanna respond unless you've been responded to. And you know, like, or it you has you want to maybe... respond in a like a, a similar amount of time. So it's like you text them, yeah. but they don't text back for thirty minutes. So you're like, oh, well, I'm equally busy, so I will wait thirty yes. minutes to reply it's, to you. Yeah, when it, that's just, uh, uh, yeah, I, I know. Yeah, no, I don't give a shit. I'll, there's many times where I'll respond instantly because I was already on my phone and I saw it pop up, and I respond in literally fifteen seconds. You know, yeah. like I don't give a shit. As there, and then there's other times where I'm busy doing something like this podcast. And I, maybe I have a tech message waiting for me right now and I won't respond for two hours. Like, just that shit needs to go away. And I think really what it comes down to is just being, like, confident in yourself, I guess. But, but, but yeah. it's the thing that blows my mind is, is the amount of people that just still fall into that. Like, I, I do – I have friends that fall into um, – I think a great example of this for, for men – is like the macho posturing kind of thing, like the tough guy attitude. Mm-hmm. Do you know, do you know anybody that that falls into that kind of stuff? Well, where, yeah, no, definitely. Where it's like, but it's so transparent, though. I think if you're if you're when someone's speaking about something that is um, kind of like what they think is the the correct way of of uh, responding to whatever situation, but isn't actually how they feel about it. I think it's super transparent. Well, I, I, well, even just like kind of the, I'm hesitant to use like the term toxic masculinity, but like stuff where people have to be. Well, that's know, what that is. Macho yeah, that's what that and, like, is. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. And uh, like, I don't know. A lot of times I just don't care about gaining respect from those people. Right. Like I'll say something of that's kind of like, I guess kind of not tough, you know, where I'll be uh-huh. like, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll be like, dude, like, I, I really like that sweater. Like, that's a, I, like, you're styling today. It's like, gay. <laughs> you know, it's like, dude. Um, no, that's actually just how I feel. You know, I, I'm not. Yeah. And also, like, people who say, like, gay and mean it, like, uh, mm-hmm. are, like they're actually being like, you, you're saying that? I'm saying that you're similar to gay people, which is bad. Like, being gay mm-hmm. is a bad thing. You're like, okay, you're. <laughs> You know, 1990 called, and they want their stereotype back. Like I oh, don't care. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. And it's it's so funny because now what's what's crazy is that that used to be very very com- not long ago, very recently. Yeah. That used to be like super common, and now people are. Um, I, whenever I see people do that kind of that kind of stuff, they look dumb. For the most part, they look dumb. Um, and I I feel like I've. I've generally been this way. I, I mean, just to, I know it sounds like I'm, I'm like trying to sound like holier than now, but I think that I've been <laughs> this way like longer than most of my peers just because I've always been into like creative and like fashion stuff and stuff like that. So like I'm mm-hmm. quick to be like, dude, that's a dope outfit. And I've gotten shit, ab- shit about that kind of stuff for my whole life. Yeah. Really, because I've always been into to like music and movies and fashion and that kind of stuff. And uh, it's it is crazy, and I have seen a lot of change, a lot of change with it. And but I'm well, so used to just people, dude. God, okay, especially me being in the military. God forbid I go anywhere with a goddamn scarf on. 
Like, yeah. or, you know, or, or, or just, or a, a proper coat or some mm-hmm. sunglasses that aren't goddamn Ray-Ban, whatever, they, like Wayfarers or whatever, the standard Ray-Ban. It just, like, if I wear anything that's not like a hoodie and jeans, it's, it's, it's like, oh shit, look at this guy, you know? Yeah. But, um. Well, like one of the things, for instance, I, every year I send my, uh, Christmas cards with, and I feature myself and whoever else I live with, and we intentionally make them as awkward and uh, like I, I would say the style of it is the cover of Step Brothers, right? It's kind of like awkward family photo. Yeah, and, it's like the uh, awkward Walmart picture. Yes, right? and but yeah, we do yeah. we push it to the extreme, right? Like we're mm-hmm. we're like kind of like doing like a front hug and like yeah. looking at the camera, very yeah. awkward. And it's like uh-huh. it, I've never lived with girls, so or like had a uh, like as far as like after I you know my besides my mom and my sister, but like I've never uh, had like that permanent like girlfriend who's like in my Christmas card because we're a family. It's just been yeah. me and my roommates and like their cat. So the it's always me and a bunch of dudes and we're like dressed similarly and, and smiling yeah. weird and like holding each other. And I've had people who've received that, relatives who have been like, uh <laughs> don't like you like is he gay maybe? Like he's like Dude. look like and, and it's like it's like I am absolutely one hundred percent comfortable with you saying that. Because if that's your reaction to my clear joke then you're uh, the problem not me like dude, i, I, I there are, i'm doing this on purpose dude the real problem there is the people that don't get this fucking clear joke <laughs> i have seen the thing is though i've seen i i believe i've seen my mom is one of them but i've seen multiple people that don't get that very clear joke dude you have a close-up picture of the cat's face <laughs> on there and you're holding each other, like, giving, like, murderer eyes and smiles to the camera while holding each other awkwardly wearing matching sweaters in front of a Christmas tree. It's so abundantly clear that this is a joke, funny Christmas card. Yeah. Which, is, which are common things to make. And there are many people that are, mis- like, misunderstanding that. Which yeah, is, well, they're on. That they're is the real crime here. Yeah, that it are, exactly, and that's my mindset. Is when I hear that, it's like it's like, oh yeah, you know this. You know, I'm I'm not gonna single out anyone of mine, but like I I got word that they're like, hey, they like this person saw that and like thought you looked pretty gay, and it's like, good, good, yeah, because yeah. you're like that. Just thank you for letting me know that because now I know what like what their mindset is. It's like I I honestly don't care. And dude, um, one thing, <laughs> this happened to me last night, dude. Um, I. I I think a lot of that, though, I mean, just like I think most racism is stemmed from is just ignorance, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was a, uh, I was at a uh, dude, the like the most coupled shit ever last night. So uh, I just started dating this girl. I don't even know if I told you about that. Um, Wait, is this the girl it? from your Tinder episode of your uh, from your podcast? Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's her. Nice. Um, and so we went to, and I say it's the most couple coupley thing of all time because. She was going to her cousin's birthday party who she's like, she's pretty close with, but she mm-hmm. said that she didn't know anybody else at this party. And then I'm just tagging along with her because she doesn't know anybody else at this party. So I literally know just her. Yeah. And so basically we're at some other like coupley event as a couple and we don't know anybody. And then we're talking with these other couples who are kind of in the same situation. It was just like, I don't know, I made the best of it. And it wasn't terrible, but 
so like I connected with this one guy who was in the same situation as me, where he was there with his with his wife who um, knew the people there, but he he knew no, nobody. So we were like at the outcast table, just like having a drink and, <laughs> and talking the whole time. And so he's a kind. Of, he got married when he was 21 years old, and he like works for his dad's company, and he like lives with his in-laws like in their their basement or whatever. And he's actually like pretty wealthy and like well off and in a great situation, but he's just so like innocent and isolated because of like his situation. Yeah. And we were talking about um, the, the, the moments like this happened throughout the conversation, but the one that I distinctly remember was like, he uh, went to a baseball game in, uh, or a, um, he went to a rather a concert in Baltimore. And then it was at like some sketchy location and uh, he was talking about, like, he was kind of scared, like, walking down these back streets in Baltimore because it was, like, really sketchy area and stuff. Like, very clearly teetering on the edge of, like, oh, because there are scary black people here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because, it's, because it's Baltimore at night in a sketchy area. And then, and it's like, okay, very clearly, this is sort of, like, what you're assuming. And then he's like, oh, he's like, I didn't even mean black people. I mean, there's, like, white people there that were sketchy as well. And I'm like... I get it, bro. Like, I know what you're talking about. You're in Baltimore at night, sketchy area. I'm getting the picture. You don't need, you know. And yeah. but he just, like, had to clearly be like, oh, ugh, I don't mean black people, you know. <laughs> and, and by saying that, I'm like, D you mean black people then? Like, yeah, you're, yeah. You're almost like. <laughs> and, but the thing is, it's, the, that's, that is my one issue with, because I feel sorry for this guy. And, and I, the thing is, I wasn't. Because I knew what like what was going through his mind, I was I was like gently guiding him along in this conversation, like being like, I don't even remember exactly what I said, but like I I, I tried to make him feel as comfortable as possible in that situation yeah. because I knew that he was just confused and like didn't know how to articulate what he was trying to say. Well, yeah, um, and the the thing is, this is a huge issue I think with all of the the things that are going on right now is that there are plenty of really harmless individuals that are not racist that are just like confused and scared about all these changes and they don't know what to say like they're just good nice people and just like your your uh whoever your relatives that got that card or whatever they probably have no problem with you being gay but they were just right. like so but they're just so out of the loop on everything that if that conversation was made public they would be like publicly condemned yeah, you know? oh, definitely. And, and you see that a lot where it's – especially with like like, uh, like old people that are just now because the culture has shifted and it was completely different than it was 50 years ago. They're getting totally condemned by the public for some shit that was socially acceptable forever ago or just people that just aren't with – they just don't follow the news or just aren't up with current culture, which are many, many people – um, mm -hmm. they're just getting kind of shit on by the system and they're confused and scared and don't, or don't want to say anything, you know? Um, yeah, but, and I, I guess really it's, it's like a good thing in a way. Cause you're like, all right, I don't care if you, if you're ignorant to this, like you need to catch up. I, and so I think that's, that's a good, good thing in a way. But yeah, um, well, catching up is yeah. just self-preservation, right? Like you, yeah. you're going to run into problems if you stay in the past as far as like what's yeah. culturally accepted yeah. like i, I mm -hmm. definitely think well that, let me go back to my experience at that automotive manufacturing plant in uh, -huh. uh in piedmont south carolina because that summer 
Uh, well, first off, I was by far the most ethnic person there. Benjamin Carlson was the most ethnic person there. Wow. <laughs> so that tells you a lot. But the reason I am is, I mean, my name isn't really reflective of my diversity because I'm Mexican. So I'm 50% Mexican. I'm more Mexican than I am anything else besides American, right? But American mm. implies some sort of diversity. <clears throat> Anyways, when I got there, they all thought I was Indian. That's the, the, That just tells you how much these people do not see wow. like anything but white on a daily basis but they thought i was indian and then once they got to know me about a month like in i'm pretty thick-skinned right like people make fun of my race sometimes and i'm like i'm right back at you with a you know, comeback yeah and uh but by that time i had told them i'm mexican <laughs> so oh, i became Jesus. like i had become the double standard because of uh well, because one guy actually asked me, because I told them, obviously these are like southern, uh, like kind of uh, rural South Carolina people. They respect the military a lot. And I told them my mom is a colonel. <clears throat> she a retired colonel. So my mom spent 30 years in the military, so there's definitely some respect from them on that level. And I, I intentionally said that because I, I thought it would be good uh, you know, publicity for me to be like, yeah, uh-huh. well, you might think that because I'm Mexican that I somehow am less of an American, but my mom actually served in the military. So like suck it but yeah. i had a guy sincerely ask me did your mom wear the red dot when she was in the uh when she was a colonel like did she have the red it, dot on while she was in uniform in the, and i'm and like this was after you said that you no, were no this was before oh, they okay. knew i was mexican i was okay. like that's when they found out because i was like dude i'm mexican like i'm not my mom is not indian in even in the slightest right oh my god like, right and, and that totally was a shock to him and so that that was the joke like usually i'd bring my own lunch uh, because I was trying to like save up money so I could like because they, they would go out to lunch a lot and a lot of times I was like I'd rather just you know save my money and go to lunch with my mm. friends when I go back to school <laughs> but yeah. so I'd pack my lunch and they would uh, and they'd be like huh, hey dude did you bring uh, tacos for lunch today huh? or, or and then they back it up be like oh wait what? no did you bring rice and curry because <laughs> like, what the fuck? they, they I was just like both, right? And that like that was normal. And I mean these people would jaw at everybody, right? And nobody was spared yeah. the jokes, but the racial uh-huh. ones went to me because I was by far the most ethnic person there. Yeah. And it's just like this like I was like, you got like for me, uh, the whole time I wasn't offended at all. I was like, you guys are the pro like I feel sorry for you because you still think that this passes as comedy. And uh like you think that just pointing out the fact dude. that I am a race is a joke. Yes. That's dude, that's the thing. That, that's one thing I, th- I think gets misconstrued a lot where like people will take these they'll think these things are like offensive and or like inconsiderate or whatever but it's uh-huh. I, th- I, I genuinely believe that the, the, the lack of social intelligence and, and humor is the bigger issue here bro like the fact that it's like okay yeah you're Mexican but like literally find anything else funnier than that like that's that's not funny <laughs> you know what I'm saying Oh no, my yeah, like, they, God. That, like for them, it's like they're like from their point of view, they're like, I'm gonna be funny, so I'm gonna point out that you are a race. So I'm gonna say stereotypes, and that is funny. You know, even if they're not true, mm-hmm. I'm gonna point out like obvious stereotypes about your uh, your race and your heritage, and that will be the joke. That in my mind, that's funny. And from my perspective, I'm like, you're a fucking stereotype. <laughs> For being a southern-ass white dude who is making fun of me because of my race with no thought further than just Mm. pointing out the fact that I am uh, Mm -hmm. a certain race. And uh, that's the thing. I would be like, 
I, it didn't it didn't hurt my feelings at all because I just I was like you're so backwards I I actually kind of feel sorry for you in this situation because yeah you're mit you you are gonna have trouble this that was also so that was the summer of 2015 and the summer are yeah 2015 and the the that summer was when the Supreme Court decided that gay marriage is legal nationwide mm-hmm. oh boy oh that my was a God. tough day I at the office. <laughs> That oh was all, like that basically ruined the mood for everybody, and they're like, ba- really? Yeah, basically the sentiment across the office was, "This whole country's going to hell." Is like, like basically that was like the quote Whoa. of the day. Yeah, and uh, that's insane. Oh yeah, don't forget that I also used to get called gay on Fridays because it was uh, you could wear jeans to work. Yeah, it, it was called Casual Friday, but I like to refer to it as Dad Jean Friday because everyone wears <laughs> fucking Dad jeans. So you had slightly <laughs> like, slim. Je- you don't even wear skinny jeans, by the way. I already I, no, they, they're not. About. Yeah, they're not skinny. They're just, they're just like they're slim. just well, they yeah, they they're slim. Also, yeah, I, I'm by far the skinniest person there. That that was another yeah. thing they used to make fun of me for because we would go to the barbecue place and I'd only get two plates of food and they're like, "Wow, you eat nothing!" Like yeah. piling it on, piling it on, and. Yeah. Uh, but that's you know it's just a different that, that's just the things that they respect are just kind of different but yeah that that really hurt them like that was something that mm-hmm. they were like i can't believe this whole country's going to hell and like sexual deviants are now allowed to get married um wow yeah that's and, crazy and, man yeah and, and that was also the summer with the confederate flag being taken down from the state house at south carolina which mm-hmm. was huge and they, they were also like you know, less less unified on this position, but there were definitely people in the office who were openly like, "That's fucked up that they can take down my heritage like that," uh, from the state house. And, and I it, I just look around and I was like, "Man, what is like, what is it like to be going out of style like this? You're, you know, you guys are becoming that, dude. Obsolete. That must be, yeah, that must be really interesting because like I'm sure at when these people were younger, they were all." you know, in line with the way of thinking, but just never with the general, you know, way of thinking. But then as time progressed, they just never caught up. That's something I, I really want to make sure that I maintain. And I, and I believe it. I believe that I will never lose touch with what's happening. And I think yeah. it requires work. You know, it's, it's sort of just lazy to not. It, it, well, and I think there may be a portion of it is just like with being your perspective as youth you know because if you've been around for 40 years 50 years maybe there's it's a little harder to be like okay now this is what's acceptable you know when it's when it's been away your whole life it's been a certain mm-hmm. certain way that you've accepted reality and suddenly a bunch of young people that you consider less experienced less knowledgeable on life in general are coming around and tell you that it's a different way now mm-hmm. you're, you know, you may be adverse to that. And I, what I fear is that one day I'll be old enough where they'll say something like, I mean, I don't know, because it, it'll be something that I accept right now that mm-hmm. will suddenly seem crazy and they'll be like, it can't be like this anymore. And mm-hmm. I will be on the opposite end and be like, no, like it's been, it's the way it's always been. It has to stay that way, you know? Yeah. So I, 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 I hope that that day never comes. I hope that I'm always open to new possibilities i'm sure it's a lot easier when you're younger to to be malleable and kind of accept these new things but and and then it probably yeah requires work but i think it's probably your responsibility as just a good human being to 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 try to be understanding and 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 take on that load and don't become and, and not become stagnant 
Sure. You know. But I mean, it, it comes down to like the whole like conservative versus liberal kind of argument because it's like protecting the way it's been because that's always worked versus like mm. introducing the new, which is uh, volatile and risky maybe uh, that potentially could you know disrupt the way things work. I don't remember where I, I don't remember where I heard this from, but it was some guy who was uh, a liberal. Uh, he I, he like considered himself a liberal, and he said, "I'm a liberal because I think that there are things, or progressive rather, a progressive versus a conservative. I'm yeah. progressive because I think things need to progress, and I think that things are not perfect the way they are, and they need to change. As soon as I feel like." the status quo should be maintained and that we're, we're pretty solid, then I'll be conservative. And I'm like, that's a great way to think about it. Yeah. You know, it's, so like if you're at the point where you think, I think socially and I think mostly when we're talking about liberal and conservative, we're, we're mostly talking about social stuff. Um, yeah. Um, if, you, if you're at the point socially, you think we're pretty good here and I don't think much change needs to be made then yeah, be a conservative. But if you genuinely believe that, you know, progress should be made, then be a progressive. Right, um, well, I mean, that's why there's a lot of people who are conservative, because they consider what we've got to be the best that- Oh yeah, okay, I get, then I guess I'm just being redundant then. So, yeah, because then what happened? But that's the thing, happened? there's like, the, the argument from progressives is like, uh, here's some, like, there's clearly injustice going on right here, so don't like, 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 mm-hmm. the, like going to the, the whole kneeling thing, uh, for like Colin Kaepernick and the NFL protests, right? Uh, and th- their argument is like we're kneeling during the uh, the pledge of allegiance or the uh, national anthem because we believe that our country needs some work. There's some there's some injustice going on, and uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna stand for a flag uh, until we think it, it until these things are fixed. So that because that's when we think this country can be better and it, it, we need, it needs to be improved. But the argument from the conservative mm. side is: look at these uh, these NF these millionaires who are spoiled brats who hate America enough to say that it's shit, and they're they're kneeling to disrespect the, clearly the greatest country ever. And you can kneel for the national anthem and still consider America the greatest country ever. I consider America the greatest country has ever existed, mm-hmm. and I'm I, I feel. I, I really echo the sentiment of Creed Bratton from The Office in the episode where the warehouse workers win the lottery. He says, he's like, I already won the lottery. I was born in the U.S. of A, baby. And like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's like you really it's, – it's awesome being here no matter what. No matter who you are, you're probably better off than potentially you know, starving in some third world country where you're just born into a very difficult situation. Probably. You probably are. But – because we're such a great country, we have the capacity to improve. We have the capacity to fix injustice and to, uh, you know, pr- progress uh, when we see that something is wrong. And mm-hmm. I think that the argument that like you're 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 being disingenuous when you look at a protest that says here's some problems with our country, and you only take it at the face value that there's a problem. You're you're just looking at these people are like America has a problem, and you get offended by that, and you say no. Fuck you for saying that America has a problem, like, and now I'm just gonna fight against your protest as opposed mm. to trying to actually fix it. Do you think that maybe um, the the way in which they expressed their the in way that in the way that in which they protested was probably not the best way to go about it? Yes, I, I because think, I, think I think you so. unintentionally bring the military into it, and I don't think anybody has a problem with the military. I think the 
support of the military is a very bipartisan issue. But Colin Kaepernick even talked to a former Marine because his 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 initial protest was sitting during the national anthem. He just mm-hmm. sat on the bench for the first time he did it. But it went largely un unseen because. He didn't, like, announce or anything that he was going to be sitting during the National Anthem. And mm-hmm. uh, it was a preseason game, so not even that many people were watching. But one of his friends, who's an ex-Marine, saw this, and he said, Colin, like, I uh, I think that what you're doing is fine. I just think you should do it a little more respectfully. So instead of sitting during the National Anthem, uh, I think that we you – because in his eyes, I think he saw that sitting during the National Anthem was, like – more disrespectful than kneeling so he's like you should kneel during the national anthem so you can get your point across without disrespecting the military and mm-hmm. it didn't it didn't help that people still saw it as colin kaepernick kind of giving the middle finger to the military especially because the the kneeling the time that he did it that really caught on was on military appreciation weekend in the nfl oh, wow. <laughs> it was it was not the first time he did it it was just a continuation of it but mm-hmm. yeah it, it ended up being the one that caught the most public attention and uh and people got offended and i think that some people's opinions on it have evolved since then the 49ers had kneelers all this season every game Mm -hmm. uh not everybody but they did like the team had at least like two or three guys every game who were kneeling eric reed uh especially uh free safety for the 49ers really uh he did it every he's kind of become the the next iteration of colin kaepernick for the 49ers because he's really been public about this but I think when you when you look at that and you try to take it as just purely disrespectful mm-hmm. and not and and just when you call them spoiled millionaires who don't like want to be treated special and don't think that they have a great life even though they're millionaires you're being facetious and you're intentionally missing the point. And I, and I know people in real life who who saw it that way. And I, I it's mm-hmm. frustrating because we are so divided right now as a society uh, that when people see that, they can completely miss the view, the, the point. Although, I I can almost guarantee you that Colin Kaepernick is going to be in textbooks in 40 years, and there's going to be kids who are like, so yeah, the the uh, the, the NFL kneelers who like helped pro- like society progress a lot. Like, I'm not going to say he's like Colin Kaepernick's the next Martin Luther King because there's also there were a lot of problems with his protests. Like, for instance, he kind of idolized Fidel Castro. Which is like just giving conservatives ammunition to say like, look, mm-hmm. he loves like this oppressive uh, leader of a, a regime. So, you know, fuck Kong Kaepernick. But uh, I think that the, the it's there's there's a lot there was a lot of injustice. There's countless examples of unarmed black men getting <clears throat> murdered by the cops and nothing happening to the cops. And I'm I'm not I'm yeah. not saying I'm not anti-police, but I do think there's something wrong with that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I and I'm now that I think about it. I mean, I guess that I mean I'm just speaking off the top of my head, but I I, I guess that is probably the best place where you have the 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 spotlight on you. You know, everyone is standing, paying attention. The camera is on you. You're in the middle of the field, and you're kneeling for the national anthem. It's kind of like. You can't do. There's no other place where you have the spotlight on you that clearly, I think. Mm-hmm. You know. So I guess, although it's not the perfect protest, it was probably the best option for him. Yeah, and th- what he's doing, he's doing what Muhammad Ali did uh, in this. In the go a parallel to what Muhammad Ali did is he's basically giving up his lucrative career to make a point and fight for people who don't have a voice. 
Mm. Which is why when people argue, it's like, oh, Colin Kaepernick is so selfish for doing this. I'm like, you're. that's actually the opposite. He's very selfless because Colin Kaepernick was one of the higher paid quarterbacks in the league and even though his career was going was not as successful when he did this as when he was like going to the super bowl uh mm-hmm. there's plenty of there's still plenty of money to be made for colin kaepernick in the nfl mm-hmm. and he gave all that up to you know help a society that or to help people that he saw as being uh, uh marginalized in society so i i think what he's done will history will vindicate colin kaepernick mm. In the, and everyone who, who kneeled with him. There's a lot of other players who kneeled with him. And I think that people who argued against it today, well, some of them, I think that like maybe people who are just supporting the military purely maybe won't feel as bad, but I think that people who saw Colin Kaepernick as a hateful uh, you know, anarchist will kind of be seen as the same people who were anti-Martin Luther King Jr., you know, in the mm. future, that will not hold up. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that because it's it's. Um, although there might be some um, kind of speed bumps and or just kind of you know some problems with with what's going on. You know, some he kind of messed up with the Veterans Day weekend sort of thing, and there's some, yeah. some hiccups. I guess is the word that I'm looking for. Um, ultimately, it's it's on. He's probably on the right side of history. So and yeah, and it yeah, is. It, it, obviously, I was yeah. alive during like the civil rights movement, so I don't know exactly what it was like. But I've been told there's a lot of parallels here, where Martin Luther mm-hmm. King was uh, it, like the the letter from the Birmingham jail. I didn't actually read the whole thing, but on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, they had a a lot of people were posting quotes from it, and he talks about how the like the moderate conservatives are like the the most are really stand in the way of progress because their argument is like no 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 don't like i i'm not racist i i think that like unarmed black men being killed is bad but don't you know don't rock the boat right now wait until the climate is right to fix this right right now there's a lot of you know they're saying it's like right now this is a very controversial issue and by bringing it up you're being controversial so let's let's hold off you know wait until the perfect time and then we can all come together and fix this and it's like no you are standing in the way of progress by saying that if you're not with us you're against us because this is awful for the people that more black people are just dying what's the right time though i don't understand what would be the correct time when it when it's more socially acceptable and it's not going to become socially over acceptable just without them doing this uh yeah i mean it's like that meme right where they're like uh like when Baltimore had the riots, right, and people are like, Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter is they're all violent thugs. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it's like looting and, you know, rioting is not progress. Like, why can't, why can't black people just protest nonviolently? And then they mm-hmm. do. Colin Kaepernick kneels like, oh, not like that. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, fuck you. you. Eventually, you're just standing in the way of progress. Hmm. And it's and wow. it's it's controversial in the time, but I again I, I really do think that history will vindicate the likes of Colin Kaepernick and the NFL kneelers because uh, there's they're they're fighting for at least at the very least they're fighting for a just cause at the at the, at the end of the day uh, maybe some of the way that they did it can see, be perceived as disrespectful, but I, I wonder so I I wonder like where this chapter ends in the history book, right? Because I think it definitely started. 
I don't know, maybe like at the beginning of 2017 or like towards the end of 2016. I don't know when it really, probably probably like after Donald Trump got elected is when some shit like, well, no, 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 no. It started um, when everything really, all of this kind of stuff that's been happening in socially probably started with, I don't know, like Zimmerman or something like that. Yeah. Like, oh, pro- yeah. Pro- that was, may- yeah. Maybe that was the first. Um where like then Black Lives, you know, where the Black Lives Matter movement started, whatever, whatever really sparked that, and then like sure. Donald Trump being elected and the Women's March, like it, I think it all really probably started right there. But I'm curious to where it. I mean, it's probably not going to end. Like, I mean, progress is never going to end. But I wonder where like this chapter, yeah, ends. Well, yeah, and I don't know because there's, there's like, yeah, you're right. Like the kind of the George Zimmerman thing. There's been a lot of. I mean, it, it's part of just like the back and forth, right, between liberals and conservatives that has just mm-hmm. been going on forever. But I think that part of it, yeah, is like the election of Donald Trump. That's like just the next stage in it because I think electing a guy like Barack Obama, the first black president, is I've you're, the pendulum swinging very far to the liberal side, mm-hmm. and uh, it's like maybe the most progressive thing that America's ever done. But then it swung back to the other side to Donald Trump, which. You can argue he's a racist. He's an, he's not a racist. But if you had to put us on a spectrum, he's pretty far towards like the racist side of U.S. presidents that have ever held office. Yes, yeah. and uh, I think that's the reaction to mm-hmm. you know the pendulum swinging hard the other way because mm-hmm. Barack Obama was so progressive as far as mm-hmm. a uh, like a choice for who gets to be president. Mm-hmm. And I think that the reaction to Donald Trump is going to be some potentially could be some explosive move to the other side. You know, we might have like I really hope not. I, I really hope that I hope, really hope that it just falls in the middle, because because I think I mean, it, it could be equally as destructive. Because when you see oh, people definitely. that are that are unapologetically progressive to mm-hmm. to the point where they just logic just goes out the window, where it's yeah. just we're we're agreeing with progressive ideas because they're progressive, not because they are actually better. Yeah. Um, that, that's I think is equally as equally as dangerous as keeping it. Um, exactly the same with no change um yeah so i i I think i don't know because i don't know i i don't know that it's gonna that it won't go way left i really hope it doesn't because i think the the i guess what you could quote unquote alt left is just i don't know maybe equally as bad they're i think they're terrible too um Mm -hmm. i just i hope it doesn't swing in that direction where next time we have just the most we have a, you know, a, a, like a transgender president who sees no, you know, angles of the right side or like, you know, just like yeah. the, the, like the caricature of liberal president. Um, but just like, I hope it's just somewhere we have a presidential person who's qualified. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just someone in Honestly, the I'm already casting my vote for President The Rock Johnson in 2020. <laughs> That's my... <laughs> oh, my God. Do, oh, do you actually... Do you think that there will be uh, a... Uh, another celebrity? That not, no, 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 <laughs> not, not for president, but running, at least. Yeah. Oh, probably. But but the thing is, it's that's dangerous, right? Because if we have if the Democratic nominee ends up, let's just saying being not like presidential nominee, The Rock Johnson, it's dangerous because now we're electing people based on solely on popularity and not on mm-hmm. uh, no, not popularity, solely on celebrity versus yeah. uh, their cap- their ability. Because uh, a lot of people love Donald Trump. 
but I think he's a better celebrity than he is a politician. And yeah. he's like rocked the boat on a lot of stuff. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, he's not a politician. And uh, and and while you know maybe some people have really benefited from his presidency, this has been uh, one. Of, and, and maybe this the economy is doing really well, which I think the president gets any president gets a lot more. Uh, they they take like, like they get credit for the economy more than they deserve. Uh, mm-hmm. Any like even including Barack Obama. I'm not saying just Trump, but there's it's dangerous for us as a society to start choosing celebrity over ability i think that we're going to need if we're going to keep being the best country in the world mm-hmm. we need to be uh, a little bit you know we need to be able to have elect a guy who we think is truly the best of the best and not just the uh the best at you know debating but it's oh god yeah and it's like that's obviously the logical and correct thing correct way of going about it but i think the the one thing that um Donald Trump did the best was he he rec- he he understood very well that this was a popularity contest and appealed to people in the the uh, he appealed to the least common denominator yeah and and knew it and I think I mean it's it's like pretty clear at this point it's a pretty common opinion at this point that he was just like the the red-blooded American uh, like, just easy to understand and, and uh, uh, just presented ideas that that really sounded good but didn't really mean anything because that's all that your average, you know, listener is just going to to uh, understand. You, you know what yeah. I'm saying? I feel like I'm having a hard time articulating. My well, point. I mean, he just he he definitely drew on some uh, like. What they call themselves the silent majority, but some maybe mm-hmm. some controversial issues that people did support. Like xenophobia mm-hmm. is extremely popular in the United States these days. People are afraid of immigrants, which is mm. so anti-American. It's so anti what we've been as a nation, which is the the melting pot of mm-hmm. uh, you know the best of the best. People people are so afraid of being killed by a terrorist. Who has come from a different country? When, yeah, that's awful when that happens, but it's so rare compared to other ways to die mm-hmm. in the United States that it, it just it's it's not proportional. The the level of uh, a fear we have for something like that just doesn't make sense. Obviously, like 9/11 was awful. We don't want anything like that to ever happen again. But people, I think, take it to the extreme when they just distrust anyone who's not from this country. Yeah, and we've chosen Muslims, but. Uh, you know, Mexicans get a lot of uh, bad rap too. I mean, yeah. and the, the, like the president has said that he started his campaign was saying that they're uh, they're drug dealers and they're rapists. Mm-hmm. And as a, like as a Mexican American, I'm like, all right, well, I, this guy obviously isn't a fan of me. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's getting hard for him to get my vote when that's his opinion. But mm-hmm. there are a lot of you know, just like I was saying, when I'm working in Piedmont, South Carolina. I think there's a lot of people who heard that. I was like, "Damn straight, yeah, this is yeah. the guy who'll stop our country from going to hell." You yeah, know? and it's it's. I'm, I I, I think mean, that I, was smart of him to to do. I don't. I, I honestly don't think Donald Trump is a racist, like personally. But I think it mm-hmm. works in his favor to say some racist things. And he actually never says. I don't. Does, has he ever said something? I can't pinpoint no, anything no. Off I, like I, like I, racist I, I, I right. like it's a lot of stuff like racially insensitive and ignorant 
but like I don't know if I ever heard of him say anything like truly racist. Right, but but it's, but, you know, it's always like teetering. It's he, always like it's always like implying and like kind of teetering on the edge. Right, exactly, and it's stuff that just doesn't pass in today's mm-hmm. society. But no, I mean, and that's the thing. Obviously, if he said like he something truly racist, like something where his intention is to prove that he's racist versus not, uh, he'd be screwed. But because you, you even as a cons- yeah, I, maybe I think so. not really. Dude, I mean, the, I mean, with the most recent thing that was like very much teetering on the edge of racist about the shithole countries, and then get yeah. uh, he'd prefer like, uh, immigrants from uh, countries like Norway, Norway and Sweden, yeah. I think, um, which are obviously predominantly white, um, versus the shithole countries, which are um, African countries, which are predominantly black. Um, very much teetering on the edge of uh, of racism, right there. But I'll, uh, I'll counter with what the people – because I'm still following – on Twitter, I still follow some people from my high school. So people truly from the south uh, still that still live in the area who were like – they're like all these like libtards are getting offended by what the what Trump said. But he's just saying what's true. These countries are shitholes. You would not want to live there. And mm. and while I don't – I don't agree because there's like pictures from – I, I, can't, I can't say that yeah. – you, you can't yeah, claim that. that Africa universally – is a shithole because there's nice places mm-hmm. in Africa, but I would have to agree with the sentiment that I'd rather be here, right? And they're like, yeah, like yeah. it's a shithole compared to here, and I'm like, ah, yeah, I guess I agree with that, but it it does seem racially charged. They're like, it has nothing to do with the race; it just has to do with the fact that Africa is shit by comparison to us and Norway. So that's like that's what he's saying, and I don't see it as racially charged at all. They're choosing to see it that way, sure, and but they could argue mm-hmm. that I'm choosing to see it as racially charged, and that's where you that's where you come. From with just like the uh how partisan anything can be yeah because i was having a conversation with my friend about this and just saying um from a so like okay so what do you what are the positive um aspects of being the the country that takes in immigrants the 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 point is like you want to bring in people because this is the place where you can thrive you want to have hardworking people that are skilled and can make the country better you know, mm-hmm. and so it's like, as from like a president perspective, from from a world leader perspective, and you want to make your country better, I guess you could say that you would like people from a a well developed country known for skilled laborers to come yeah. over here versus some place where if it's you know some third world country and you're basically having like people that are just trying to escape bad conditions, like that's not good for your country. And we would want more people that are coming because they're skilled and because they want to ha- they want to have this successful career or something yeah. like that, you know. And so, and so like for someone like Donald Trump, who's certainly really bad at articulating his his thoughts in a uh, in like a thoughtful way, um, I can see how he would just put it crudely, but had good intentions. Um, and as as well as uh, on top of news outlets and people taking it out of context and like taking that easily construable piece of information and, and making it um, racist. But as a president, you have a, a an obligation to be presidential and represent this country for mm-hmm. how it should be represented. And that's obviously not how to, to do that. Well, yeah. And, and some people think that the way he does it is the way it should be. Like they're like, just go to r slash the donald to, to check it out but i mean mm-hmm. one because uh like there's a t- one of their like 
uh, one of their top posts recently was them celebrating Donald Trump's tweet where he's like, I have a bigger button, uh, nuclear button than you, and mine actually works. And they're like, yeah, like, we're bigger and tougher than North Korea. Like, fuck, mm. fuck you. You know, that's good. But a lot of people look at that as, like, scary because they have nukes, we have nukes, and we would be really bad if we used them, right? And they're like, oh, no, fuck them. If they used it, we would blow up North Korea. We would totally destroy North Korea, and that would be badass because we're America and we can destroy anyone we want. It's like, yeah, but all these people would die. Well, yeah. that's just the that too bad, man. We're big, bad America, and that like that's we take care of business. And I guess it's better to blow up North Korea than to let North Korea blow us up. But my point of view is like, what if we didn't blow anybody up? What if we just, you know... Yeah, it, that's the that's like the surface level thinking that I was referring to when, um, uh, like that was his strategy for 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 winning the election, right? And so, mm-hmm. and that ties back to what I was saying is like, okay, now it's sort of like I sort of like to compare it to like uh, like ads on social media. Like I remember, like maybe like five six years ago, like I didn't see ads anywhere. There weren't even ads on YouTube videos, which is crazy. And but then as soon as people realize like oh shit we can put ads in between Snapchats and ads in between Instagram posts and like the floodgates opened bro I mean it just everywhere ads yeah. ads 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 on everything and I think that's sort of like the way now what is what has just happened with um, the way our presidential elections are, are happening is like now you can have some uh, you know like mascot type character that's going to be just getting like hype hype people up and say shit that's just you know exciting and doesn't really mean anything it's a very surface level way of thinking of just like yeah we're gonna go kick their ass and win you know it's like okay yeah that sounds cool but like that doesn't okay once you start to break that down it falls apart very easily um but it doesn't matter though because there's many people that don't that don't have the time to be paying attention to all this stuff or don't don't care to give the time to pay attention to 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 look into further details um and so that really carves out a space for someone who's just egotistical or or charismatic or or, you know has some celebrity to just win to 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 win from now on you know until people wise up right no and it's you gotta hope i guess that people wise up but no i agree and it's 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 honestly exhausting to expose yourself to the opposing viewpoint all the time uh like my own like i I spend a lot of time on twitter and i've tried i follow fox news and npr and cnn msnbc like i I try to follow all the major guys and also talking heads of the different viewpoints like i follow tommy laren and i actually try to like regularly Mm -hmm. watch her videos because first off i think she's really talented i think she does a good job of like doing what she's doing even Mm -hmm. though it's kind of counterproductive to herself she's very donald trump Support. She's a huge Donald Trump supporter, even more than she is mm-hmm. a conservative or Republican. She's a Donald Trump supporter, and that that goes against a lot of what she stands for as a strong, independent female. And mm-hmm. uh, because Donald Trump is obviously accused of a lot of sexual misconduct with women, and he has said some things about women that are, that are pretty uh, that anyone else had said would maybe tank their career at this point. Uh, and I mean, he's even done some things that other people have seen their careers be destroyed by the, these allegations, right? The Me Too movement that Donald Trump seems to be immune to. And uh, so, anyways, that's Tommy Lane specifically. But hearing the opposing viewpoints, having to have your own things that you want to hear, th- things you believe are true and are right, and hearing mm-hmm. other people's opinions on it sucks. 
because sometimes they're right and sometimes you just think they're so wrong and how can anyone ever believe that it's it's mm-hmm. it's really frustrating and uh, I don't think a lot of people are willing to expose themselves to that they're like no 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 fuck anything CNN says forever mm-hmm. they're, they're they're whatever they say is lies and I will listen to the president and I'll listen to Breitbart because they're saying what I believe is right slash true even mm-hmm. if it's not you're, you're willing to accept it. And I, I try to find that in my own stuff because I think that my main source of news is probably NPR. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely people out there that see NPR as a like a libtard cuck fest where they just give you fake news all the time. Like the People generally believe that that's what's going on. And I, uh, and I, don't, I believe the complete opposite, obviously. I believe most of what they report is true. Mm-hmm. But I would want to hear both sides because, it, yeah, it can be slanted. I think that um, I do see I sometimes I do kind of see NPR not in a fake news way but I, I think that some some play, uh, some uh, outlets like NPR I think NPR is probably the best example of this are like so unquestionably liberal that they just sometimes like lose logic where it's yeah. it's like it's because one thing that I, that's really changed me um, has been listening to uh, Joe Rogan experience um, because he has the most authentic radio, podcast, audio show ever, I think. I mean, it's literally just him having a conversation with people. They'll drink, they'll smoke weed, they'll do whatever, they'll cuss. He's even said the N-word on there, like... As a white guy, like it's Risky. very authentic. <laughs> and then I listen to that, and and, and they're really just. Dis- I mean, honestly, I think Joe Rogan's podcast has has done a lot for people socially. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's like he's changed culture. I strongly believe that. And then I go and I listen to NPR, where it's just like highly developed, and there's like just very nice and clear articulate language which isn't bad but you get this like air of like we're right and i'm following i'm following the rules you know and there's just yeah. i'm basically i'm reporting what is correct in society because that's my job and yeah. i'm just like that's that's kind of not good because i don't really see them entertain the other side at all and discuss the issues that are taboo because their issues are taboo and they don't and they're not supposed to be discussed. Like, yeah, I don't know. know I don't know if I completely agree with that. Like, I understand where you're coming from with like it not being conversational, not being like organic as far as the uh, the ge- like a general reporting goes. But I, th- I think the format is a little different. Like, they're they're there to more or less report the news as opposed that's, to that's true. Giving that is, yeah, like that's a, a slant, yeah. which and we've had this discussion before. But at the same time, they can sometimes slide a uh, like just even the way that they say things, they can slide in their own. Uh, their bias or their uh, their own slant on it, and it conf- mm. confusingly sounds like they're just reporting the news, right? Mm. Like they could call, uh, I don't know, they, they just the way that you phrase things is very important. Also, they can make it seem like they're like, for instance, yesterday they had a Republican uh, House representative who came on and ch- explained basically. He's like, yeah, the the government shutdown is the Democrats' fault. Like we, the House, passed a budget, we sent it to the Senate that they needed nine. Democrats to vote with it, and the Democrats didn't. That's why this is the Schumer shutdown, and like that's why this is co- wholly and completely the Democrats' fault. 
And mm-hmm. the, the reporter he was talking to is he's a little bit entertaining the fact that Democrats are like don't necessarily have to and like kind of playing the other side. But for the most part, he's just asking this Republican House representative questions and the Republican is voicing his opinion. But then immediately after that, they're like, now we'll speak with NPR, uh, you know, congressional correspondent, you know, Elise Spiegel, and she's going to basically – he doesn't say this, but I know as a person who's listening to PR, like, she's basically going to say why that guy is bullshit and why the like the, lib- like the liberal argument for it. And you can kind mm-hmm. of look at it as them giving you the conservative opinion and giving you the liberal opinion, but the person giving you the liberal opinion is from them and is uh, – is a little bit saying it a little more matter of factly mm. than the House representative, yeah. who's just kind of he's a little bit emotional. He's not a reporter, so he's just like going off uh, the cuff here, and yeah. she's coming at you with a well thought out argument that she's researched and like is ready to like counter what she assumes he's going to say. You know, and and, yeah. and and while you can look at that as giving you both sides of the argument, you got it's almost always more convincing the liberal argument. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I get what you're coming, what you're coming from with that, which is why I think it's important that I don't get all my news just from uh, NPR, because I, yeah. I, I at least want to try to see both sides. I think one one really really important point, um, and I, I kind of touched on it earlier um, about just understanding what's going on, is that I, I feel that now more than ever we just like have you ever felt this much responsibility to be a citizen and just to be a person like you feel like i feel like i have to know about everything yeah and have an opinion about everything well and, and simultaneously not express that opinion though because uh politics are controversial right and uh like you if you have a differing opinion it's it's frustrating too because i spent i personally spend a lot of time paying attention to politics i listen to npr a lot i read my like tweets a lot i don't know at the very least i know what's going on and maybe if my opinion is biased it is but i i I understand at least things that are happening but you're also not supposed to talk about those things just in case you have a different opinion somebody and you might offend them Mm -hmm. it's a very it's a very it's a uh difficult paradox i I, um to further elaborate on my point is like I, i i think that most people do not have the time or the energy to actually fully research anything you know that's why you that's why yeah. i think that it's uh it, it's really dangerous with some of the um like how for example the the washington post did literally a hit piece on pewdiepie and whenever you you have such irresponsibility in that space it's really dangerous for the vast majority of people who work regular jobs who don't have time to go home every day and read 10 articles on the you know the women's march and actually get an understanding for what it is or right. whatever it, it may be right you know? right and then you start it's mixing. just like if, you start if, you're, mixing. if you're fox news if you're fox news and listen you know they're generally more conservative i don't know i haven't read anything they've written on the subject but like you know if they wrote something kind of uh, uh negative towards the women's march and saying that you know let's just just as a they, uh, I don't know, I'm making this up, but like, let's say that uh, some people in the Women's March destroyed some property and like, yeah. you know, violently rioted or something like that. Sure. Then, and then even that's... Though, even though that I'm pretty sure that did on. not happen. But. Yeah, I know. I, like, I don't think it did, but I'm saying that like, let's... Uh, and then that is your main news, news source. And then you're like, okay, then I'm going to go on my day and then take my kids to dance recital and cook dinner and then yeah. do my homework. And, do, you know, it's like, okay, then you're sort of fucked. You know, right? Yeah. It, well, and a large part of it is turning news into 
entertainment, right? So you can get people to listen to you, and you can, uh, you know, get make them make time for you, and that's why, like, I think a lot of people get their information from Trevor Noah, Seth Meyers, uh, Steve, Stephen Colbert, a lot of these liberal late night hosts who basically have turned their shows into uh, parodies of news shows. That for comedy, for mm-hmm. comedic effect, but at the same time to push their own agenda. I mean, mm-hmm. even even I sometimes have to roll my eyes at Seth Meyers uh, because of how anti-Trump he is, and I agree. I, like I'm pretty anti-Trump, but I, I, I think that when you get at a certain point, you start losing credibility when your message every day is "fuck the president" and yeah. everything he does is bullshit. And uh, you should hate him for it, and like, here's why. Mm-hmm. And even though Donald Trump, unlike any other president before, is in the headlines like every day for some controversial bullshit, so it mm-hmm. gives them the opportunity to do that. And I think that the pre- this presidency, whether they like it or not, has been good for their ratings, as people will tune in to be like, "What did Trump do today?" Yeah. But at a certain point, you just become exactly what he's saying—the fake news left. Because your message is every day just fuck this guy and everything he does is stupid and and he's a he's a baby in that White House and all this stuff. Eventually, you just become an echo chamber of the opposite, the opposing mm-hmm. opinion of Trump, and it's I don't know. It just seems counterproductive. I saw a really good uh, I saw a really good meme where it was a it was a screenshot of an iPhone home screen with the CNN notification that popped up, and yeah. the and the notification said, "Guess what his ass did today." <laughs> 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 which right it's yeah that's so funny <laughs> what, what, what's really jarring i think also for us at, like our age group specifically the end like basically the last like generation of millennials or like the last like few years of the millennials uh is that we've experienced basically like we experienced like the george bush but we, basically we we're too young to really understand mm-hmm. what's going on and then barack obama a lot of us the first president we ever voted for was barack obama his uh, his re-election, like basically Barack Obama versus Mitt Romney. I was too young to vote for uh, for him, but a lot of people my age, my grade did, uh, or, or rather, a lot of people in my grade voted for Mitt Romney because Mitt Romney won South Carolina. But that's beside the point. Uh, Barack Obama, who was a landmark in presidential uh, history, the first African American president, and then followed up by Trump. We had, we don't know regular. We do not know the normal for politics. Shit that's, has been no, going, that's a great, that's a great Shit point. has gone out of control since any of us have entered the political arena. So this is the norm for us. I mean, mm. this must be extremely jarring for other people. Maybe. I don't know because I don't really know politics before this. But in our lifetime, we have seen some crazy shit. So I, I honestly don't know what's gonna what's next. I have no history to draw upon because everything we've seen so far has been unprecedented. Yeah. Fuck, man. Like, so, what, if next time, what if next time it's like... I bet, like, I wouldn't be surprised if next time it's a woman, and then that would change up things again. Yeah, it It'd almost be, was a woman this time. Yeah, and, and honestly, and honestly, uh, I mean, as much as that, like, whether you think Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton, or <laughs> Hillary Clinton, like, mm-hmm. oh, dude, I love like Hillary Clinton. Clickhole does an amazing job one. of of critiquing, uh, like, the attacks on Hillary. I mean, the Clickhole makes fun of everybody. But uh, they they have this thing called Patriot Hole, which is kind of like the the uh, ma- like kind of making fun of the alt right. Mm-hmm. And they had a uh, it's like, have you ever noticed that uh, the first four letters of Killery are kill? Like, 
He's like, like share if you don't want a murderer in the White House oh or something. Like, and it's like so silly, but it's also mm-hmm. kind of like I don't know. It's 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 just a parody of what people sort of kind of believe. But yeah, uh, yeah I, that's why I'm not too worried about. Like, obviously, Donald Trump is kind of crazy, uh, and also his presidency doesn't adversely affect me. I'm essentially well, I am Hispanic. Um, I'm essentially a uh, a straight white male, and mm-hmm. it's still that's still the ideal uh, per, like person to be in the United States. And I'm not saying that I believe straight white males are better than everybody and deserve better treatment, but they are the ones that receive the best treatment, or at least mm-hmm. have the but most opportunities open to them. Essentially, like from the beginning, uh, from an onset, mm-hmm. we all have like there's less holding us back. So mm-hmm. I can easily be like, ah, Donald Trump's crazy. Oh well, like what's next, right? Yeah, and it's yeah. not really affecting me as much. I, yeah. I, you just have to have empathy to feel for people who this adversely affects. So I guess it's easy for me to say this, but I truly believe that Donald Trump will not be something that like destroys America. And the net, well, there will be a next thing, and in four years we'll be laughing about like, remember how crazy shit was during the Trump administration? Now mm. you know President The Rock Johnson just made weed legal everywhere. So. <laughs> that that is like a, a really. Uh, a, a, a talking point about how I guess it's not really an argument, but and well, I guess an argument how how this presidency can be good about how it's it's noticeably shaken things up and, and and woken people up to to like how fragile this shit is and how we need to take care of it and keep keep um, our leaders more responsible. Yeah. Um, well, and I I think that at the very least. This has made uh, the voting, the people who actually will show up to the polls, a little bit more diverse. Because a lot of people have been like, what the hell? How is this guy the president? I've never voted before, but now I'm going to because at the very least, I, will, like, I don't want to deal with this. I, I, like, I wouldn't choose this guy, so maybe I'll choose mm-hmm. the next guy. So I, yeah. I think that Donald Trump, it, like a lot of things had to go wrong slash right, depending on what your opinion is, uh, for Donald Trump to get elected. Because I think that Hillary Clinton had a huge advantage, but she tr- she like kind of bent the rules in her campaign to try to really secure the victory, which ended up backfiring for her. Mm-hmm. I think she could have like I don't know. She she really pushed the envelope with especially the way like the Democratic. I mean, we could we could do a whole fucking series on the the 2016 campaign, but yeah, uh, I think she did a lot to counter her own campaign. Because she was such a uh, like a home run as far as what the Democrats were looking for, you know, they were mm-hmm. like, "We want Hillary Clinton to be president so bad, we're not even going to entertain the thought of someone else winning it." Uh, like super delegates were a whole thing, where basically the entire Democratic ele- like the already elected Democratic Party was going to pick Hillary no matter what, and Bernie Sanders, who isn't even a Democrat, he's a social cons- uh, not social conservative, he's a uh, uh, socialist. He's he, who running on the Democratic ticket because it's two party system. He can't. There's no way he was going to get elected as a third party. Uh, he fought tooth and nail against her and was losing a lot because the it seemed like the DMC the DNC was already on Hillary's side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what that what does that make her look like? A corrupt politician. And a lot of what went against her leading up to the to, to the election was that the fact that not the fact I guess but the allegation that she is corrupt because you could take somebody who's been in the public eye their whole life as a politician and say look at this 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 and this mm-hmm. that make hillary clinton a bad person for what she's done 
Donald Trump, on the other hand, has done a bunch of shit that we might not consider good, but he wasn't a politician. You can't mm. hold him to that standard. Not the same standard you hold Hillary Clinton to because Donald Trump was a celebrity, so it's chill, right? Mm. And, and yeah, I think that passes. Donald Trump was never trying to... Now he's running for president, so now we might need to hold him under a microscope. But before, he was just a, a private citizen like you or me. And... Uh, and and that I think that worked against her. I think that, that that hardly would ever work because usually she'd be running against another politician, and uh, but she wasn't. And that and, dude in the in the next presidential debates, you know that Donald Trump is basically going to be like Eminem in the last rap battle of of Eight Mile because yeah. like he's already said all the shit that the other guys got on him. Like you know what I'm saying? It's it's like everything. That Donald Trump that has ever said that it could possibly be construed as, uh, you know, uncharacteristic of a president has already been blasted on the news. It's like, it's like, what can you even say against this guy? I mean, there's, I mean, actually, there's, there's a million things you could say that are negative that you could, yeah. you know, run so, you, so you could run against him. But it's like. You're basically just going to be doubling down on everything else that's already been said before, but right. But at the end of the like, I think what what ends up being new, I guess, what the thing that has now been added is exactly what I was just saying with Hillary Clinton. You can look back at her record as a politician and say you did this wrong, you did this wrong. If there's no wall mm-hmm. in four years, I think Donald Trump's fucked. <laughs> like if 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 I'm debating against Donald Trump mm-hmm. in uh, the presidential debates, I'm the Democratic nominee. I can just hang my hat on that. Be like, dude, where's the fucking wall? You promised a wall. You had four oh, years and you've, you've, wow. you've got shit. Because right now, because already, there's a few things that Donald Trump has promised that have not happened at all. Like the, the Trump, the wall has like definitely not been paid for by Mexico, but it's not even really started. Mm-hmm. You know, like they were, they were, they were touting the fact that there are wall prototypes being tried out near the border, and that's like the progress they've made. Wall prototypes? Dude, <laughs> I'm literally surrounded by walls right now. We don't need to be prototyping walls. We know what walls are and how to build walls. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, that's just... And so, yeah, it, now that he has made promises and they're, they're, you can look at his record of uh, productivity, you might, be able to, you might be able to actually hang something on him. That will convince people that, nah, he shouldn't be president again. Um but at the same time, there's never it's never black and white, right? He he, he could be argued that's like we've built this much of the wall, and remember, Democrats were being obstructionist the whole time. It's the Democrats' fault. So elect me again, and this time we'll get it done because Democrats will have less power. Some shit. So you can go into endless possibilities with this shit. But I think that that may be the difference that makes him a one-term president. Is now we will actually have a political record to go back on, despite the fact that Donald Trump daily claims that he has been by far the most productive and the best president that has ever lived he's like no like 10 month president has ever been as productive as me he like he claimed that he's like no 10 month president has ever gotten as much done as i have in 10 months uh which isn't true but he said it and a lot of people who follow him are like yeah that's true because the president said it uh mm-hmm. maybe, maybe it won't even matter you know maybe he can just say whatever he wants and people will buy it so I, yeah it's really but the thing is because i mean it's like a smart strategy i guess you could say because who's gonna check and then it's it's sort yeah. of like yeah uh, who yeah just, who's gonna yeah. check and then and then but the thing is though there are news uh like uh, journalists and reporters that that do check but no one reads that shit because that's like that's a week old um yeah. 
And uh, it's just like it's just like the Washington Post thing with PewDiePie. Like that was eventually corrected, but it doesn't matter because the damage has already been done, and people already think this way. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. There's a whole lot more we could delve into this, but we are nearing a two and a half hours here. Um, so I mm-hmm. am looking for an excuse to maybe wrap this up. So just to bounce back from all this uh, political talk that we've been a- engaging in, uh, what's something you've really been enjoying lately, Evan? Tell me something. Tell me about something you've been uh, that you, you. I don't know something positive that's been going on in your life. So let's end on a high Some, note here. Oh man, something positive that's been going on in my life. Um, I went to New York City and I went to the Comedy Cellar and then I met a bunch of uh, like all these uh, British tourists and that was so much fun because like uh, one thing I learned and it sort of started whenever we went up, we went to Europe together um, was the the art of having fun alone. Yeah, it's uh, it's a very challenging thing because you can't have any dead space and all of the activities that you do have to be uh, uh, suitable for one person as well. Right. And, um, like, for example, the perfect time where I kind of I kind of fucked it up was like, okay, I'm going to go to the comedy cellar at, uh, in, at um, like, 7. And that was their first show. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to leave my hotel room at, like, 4.30, get down to this restaurant at, like, 5, sit down and eat, and then maybe just kind of hang out there for a little bit and then leave and walk over to the show and like I'll get there a little bit before seven so I can get on the standby list because I didn't have tickets and then but then like I miscalculated and I had like 40 minutes in between and I'm just like walking around this area with like literally nothing to do and I don't want to go into some bar by myself and sit there and it's like a bunch of college bars around so I'm like this college age kid that's just sitting at a college bar by myself and it's just incredibly awkward um but anyway, yeah, so I uh, struck up a conversation with this British girl who was in line, and then we had a, we kind of had a whole conversation about this because she did something similar where she took a she took her gap year, which uh, we had a whole conversation gap, about. Yeah. Gap, gap year. Um, yeah. And uh, we were just kind of talking about the art of hanging out alone. But anyway, so we kind of hit it off, and I was, uh, we, we missed, we were unable to get into the next two shows, so we were sitting there at like 6.45 and eventually got into a show at like 9.15 or something okay. like that. Yeah, so we had, so I met her and her, all of her friends and we went out on that street, went to a couple bars, got some food and everything and hanging out with, and uh, it was so exciting. I mean, like meeting new people and then just having this experience that was totally, you know, weren't you weren't expecting to have just moments prior to that it was uh was so much fun and then obviously the comedy cellar is like the number one place in the world i'd say probably second probably second to to some of the places in in los angeles um Mm -hmm. but i mean every time you go there it's just a really amazing experience with like top level comedians and uh and then i was with a group of people that were all really awesome i mean it turns out they were all really smart and funny people um then I i ended up seeing uh, what's his name? It's Judah. Judah something. It's the guy with like the long hair and the beard and glasses and always wears a hat. He's on Thirty Rock. The guy that has a hat. Oh yeah, like, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. A new hat yeah. every episode. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw that guy, um, and then I saw like one other guy that I recognized, but I, I don't, I don't know who he was. I just kind, he just looked sort of, sort of familiar to me. Well, I uh, no, I, I want to like focus on kind of like your propensity to meet 
specifically foreign people, but just strangers yeah. when you're traveling <laughs> alone. And yeah. I think that's a real skill. I think that you should be commended for your ability to do that. And uh, because while I, like, like we traveled in Europe together earlier, like last year, but I think some of my favorite parts of the trip were seeing these, you know, iconic locations and, you know, buildings and things that, you know, you see in pictures, but also interacting with people from a completely different culture. And I think it opens mm-hmm. your eyes to a lot and also uh, it makes for a memorable experience. So, like, I, honestly, I think that's something that's a really, that's a really cool talent because, like, I think that I struggle with uh, just going up to random people like that and truly having an engaging conversation or, or even just becoming comfortable enough with them to be to say let's go do some other stuff together even though we just met mm-hmm. and uh, get you know and actually make a have a meaningful uh, encounter so i think uh, hats off to you for being able to pull something like that off and it honestly inspires me to try to do that in the future on my own uh, but with that i think i do want to try to wrap this up okay i think we talked about a lot of good stuff here and this is a uh, this is a, a, a lot of fun i love catching up with you uh, not always easy when we're so far apart as far as geographically, but uh, I, I think this was productive. Yeah, I had, yeah, I had a lot of fun. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. I, I really want to do this some more. I mean, it was, was, holy crap, man. We went on for almost three hours now. Jeez, yes. that's crazy. <laughs> and if you're still listening now, I we really appreciate it. This is mm-hmm. uh, my whole thought process with podcasting is just keep doing it. And, uh, uh, you know, hopefully the, the quality will continue to improve. Mm-hmm. But with that... Uh, Thank you, Evan, for joining me, and I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up here. All right. Thank you.